0: Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 634. Hopefully you guys have had a great weekend, moreover, a great Mother's Day. Hopefully you went and treated your mothers well today. I've got a great uh, ending for this Sunday. Uh, Great guest, Mr. Strangely Rooted. How you doing, my friend? You want to tell us how you're doing and where they can find you? Really good.
1: Really good. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Uh, You can find me at Strangely Rooted on Instagram. And then uh, I'll be doing all the Hareem swap meets and uh, Michigan Gems and Genetics is this weekend coming up. I'll be there. And the Compost Cup, I'll be at that. Probably a couple
2: other things we'll see.
3: right on right on i
0: hope to make that event next weekend uh i i love these events especially the camp out events the music and the camping i think that that yeah. is the next big thing as far as cannabis events go man yeah it's definitely great like
1: the compost cup last year was super fun and it was pretty small but it was that almost made it better because it's like everyone could get everything they want during the day and then we just fucking go all night and it's, it was fun <laughs> Good times. Looking forward to this weekend for sure. It'd be cool to meet you in person.
3: Right and I'm
0: hoping to, I'm hoping to make it there for sure. Uh, yeah, the, I, for that kind of thing, for me, it started off with the Bigfoot event up here in northern Michigan, that camping thing. And, man, there's just something about it, man. It's fun during the day, you know, getting to talk to the vendors and whatnot. But when the lights go down and they can close the door and everybody can relax and campfire starts, that's, that's when the real fun starts. For sure. So uh, what did you, what do you have to smoke on this evening? I got options. <laughs> uh, I
2: got some,
1: <laughs> I got some dosi mints rolled up that I grew. Every, I grew everything here. Uh, I got a bong packed with some grease monkey in it. And I'm thinking about ripping a dab here of some Boscotti. It's a Don Mego by Biscotti from uh, Soul Fire Gardens. And that, I grew all of those
3: from seed. So outside. Right on. I I, I I it was
0: a great answer right off the, the bat there. I got selections. I've got a few things laying around here. Some fire. <laughs> I've been I've been trying not oh, to get yeah. too
1: stoned for the last hour getting ready for this thing. <laughs>
0: Well then, we're. It sounds like you're overdue, my friend. Let's let's <laughs> let's ready. enjoy some cannabis.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Just... Hell yeah! I'm getting ready to roll up. A this was a tester, just a little nug here. Just, you know, Hell yeah! With my ashy finger, there is a. This is some what he's calling the Maui soda pop, and this is mm. uh, his Maui pop times a uh, root beer. Uh, one of his root beer strains. And uh, so far, man, killer. Killer. Hell Real yeah. heavy on the eyes. I got to be careful <laughs> how much Cheers. I smoke of that this evening. But Hell good yeah. stuff.
1: Right on. Yeah, ever since I started making this hash riser, man, it's like my eyes all of a sudden are getting red as fuck again, like a brand new stoner. <laughs> Like holy shit, my eyes are dried out bad. Ripping giant dabs all day.
0: Oh man, that's a good thing, man. I love the the cannabis that tends to hit you right behind the eyes, there, man. Yes. Yeah the the grease monkey
1: is one of my favorites. I grew a ton of that, and it's it's just real heavy, just delicious too.
0: I always I, well I started saying this about a year ago when I started dabbing again uh which was kind of a phase for me. I go in and out of my dab phase. But man, I was doing I was doing them quite a bit on the show, man. And I took a good one one night, and I'm like, "Man, that one there's got my even got my third eye squinted there." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can get
1: damn near psychedelic with this shit, like, on its own, you know?
0: Get into the heavy dabbing. (laughs) So, right off the bat here, I want to make sure I I got your link posted to your Instagram in the description of the show, but I want to throw it in chat right quick because I want them to maybe take a look real quick. At this carcass you've got, like, what, six posts in, five, five posts in? That thing is a beast. That's a trophy if I've ever seen one, my man. Congrats on that. When, when was that grown? What strain are we looking at? That is amazing work, my friend. Okay, so I built this greenhouse.
1: This is my second greenhouse. I built it two years ago to do hemp in just basically to start the hemp in. I I did like a little field with like 250 plants of hemp. And so I just threw up a little, like it's like nine by 48 greenhouse two years ago. And then the hemp was less like, whatever, that wasn't worth my time for the market. I I didn't have a market at all for it. So last year I just said, fuck it. And I put one giant bed down the middle with like a shit ton of compost because I got a pretty giant compost pile going back there. So I made this bed that's hard. like,
3: that it was probably
1: three, four feet tall and like 40 feet long and like six feet wide. Just of like, my compost is basically horse manure and uh, mushroom blocks that I get from Detroit mushroom. And I just let that cook for a year. But I made this bed last year in the spring, like brand new bed on the ground. And I got the plants out probably about. Two weeks ago, last year, you know, this time, two weeks ago, this time, last year, and uh, yeah, I put ten plants in that greenhouse, forty foot bed, and I had to take the plastic off of the greenhouse, and then I put trellis. I just took the plastic off and put trellis in the wiggle wire at the ends of the greenhouse over the top, and they grew four feet past that. So that's that's the Boscotti from uh, Soulfire Gardens. That's what those giant plants are. And uh, yeah. I I was
3: just like, oh, oh, I'm like, holy fuck, it worked. <laughs> I don't usually do this very
0: often, but I, I'm going to do it with this one here. I'm just gonna go ahead in case they're lazy, I'm just gonna go ahead and screen share this carcass yeah. right quick because do it too. It, it. It's beautiful. So yeah, and, and like you- what we're talking about right there. <laughs> Yeah, and like I couldn't put my hand
1: like the bottom underneath where those connect. It was like it was like two hands basically. It's hard to do justice wow. really with a picture, but yeah, you, you just, <laughs> that was pretty good. I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing, my friend. All right, real quick, I can think. Yeah, here's the <laughs> here's the greenhouse you're speaking of, right? Right. Yeah, it's about nine
1: and a half, ten feet at the top of the hoops so yeah they were monsters yeah Beautiful yeah that was uh friend. that got that got real tricky real quick <laughs> towards the end of the season i was just like uh okay like how the fuck <laughs> am i gonna harvest all this it was a yeah. quick trick
2: yeah In come fresh awesome, frozen <laughs>
1: That's that's when I started learning about that. People are like, dude, just freeze it. And I'm like, okay, okay. Then we can make hash out of it. I wasn't planning to do that at all. It just, I just had so much last year and I was like, okay, I'll just take all the tops off for flour and put the rest for hash. I mean, I have a full 72 plants out there. So that was just one greenhouse.
3: You know, uh, since we i was thinking
0: man should i dive into this now or should i kind of wait for it later but i might as well just we'll just roll we'll scroll with wherever it yeah, goes you right can go back and
2: forth so,
0: so i think that's a lot of what drove a lot of the hash industry to be honest with you both in color and in style was the bigger growers not being able to keep up with harvest and going you know uh, we're just gonna throw it in the fucking freezer
2: and you
3: know it makes
2: sense extracts
0: you know, like, yeah
1: yeah and I, I like i always just did like trim and had like my processor buddies run trim and stuff like that before, but I never dedicated like actual bud to concentrate. And then I was like, well, I can get into the solventless thing. Like, you know, compared to trying to get into a BHO lab, which I don't even want to do anyway. It's like the solventless is pretty affordable relatively, you know? So I just bit the bullet and, you know, dropped the first part of harvest on all the, all the stuff I needed. And said, fuck it, let's go. You know, and the price of flowers dropping. The hash is about the only thing getting a decent price these days. So I figure that's going to go down, too. I might as well get on the train now.
3: You know, and I love smoking it. so <laughs> I do as well. So with that being
0: said, I guess we'll, we'll jog back or start from where we usually do here. And that's when and where did you come in? come in contact when did you first started using cannabis if you don't mind uh sharing yeah uh let's see i think like the first time me and my buddies got
1: a little bit of nug was like eighth grade and we tried to like roll it up in a gum wrapper or something like we had no idea what we were doing and it didn't work at all and that so i was in i ended up down in ohio for a while and like high school time and the end of middle school, I grew up in Michigan. I'm in Michigan now. So we just moved around a bit. And uh, so, like, weed was different down there. Like, when I was learning about weed and started smoking and everything, I was down there. And so there was no, like, dispensaries or any kind of medical anything. And uh, so, like, probably freshman year of high school, we started getting it here and there. And then, like, by sophomore year, I was pretty much into it. Heavy, you know, not heavy, but as much as you can be in high school, you know, we get out, we get out of class and go fucking get a 20 sack between four people, roll it up and go smoking, you know, driving around and smoking. As soon as we had cars, that was just <laughs> pretty much what we did. Uh, yeah, I got busted like sophomore year. I was 15 and they pretty much like it was the stupidest thing we were just smoking in the back of a parking lot and somebody like called the cops. They thought we were robbing the store or something. And they let all my friends go except for me. And they took me downtown, you know, cause I had a pipe, like I made a pipe out of like PVC or something. And it was like all rigged. I had like a paint job on it and everything, you know, it was custom.
2: <laughs> and
1: they're like, did you steal this from the store? I'm like, dude, it's like <laughs> completely, no, I didn't steal this from the store. So they, they yeah, they fuck with me. And I, I was 15, so they, like, made me do all this stupid shit, you know, because I wasn't 18 yet, but they, you know, I had to take all these classes and do all this shit. And then basically by the time I was, somehow I never ended up taking a piss test, which I still have never taken a piss test. Steer clear. <laughs> uh Yeah, so after that, as soon as I, like, was allowed to, like, get out of the house again, you know, I was only 15, so... I was in a lot of trouble, but
3: <laughs> uh, after that, it was pretty much game on. Yeah. Never stopped since then. Good times. That's awesome. I, I the the cocky person in me
0: would have been, would have had a hard time resisting going take me to the aisle where they, where, where they sell these you know where can i get this pipe at in the store she'll, she'll be
2: yeah. oh
1: no i totally did too i was like are you kidding me right now like what is it like he's just he was just pissed off because it wasn't what they thought it was you know they're like oh it's just some fucking dopers back here <laughs> you know like guilty
0: <laughs> so whatever I guess I, my next question would be, how would you describe, I guess, your reaction to cannabis at that point? Was it more or less kind of a recreational type thing, you know, and just kind of do it hanging out with friends, but, or did you necessarily kind of realize that there was you know, a little more something to it? You know what I mean?
1: Um, yeah. Like in high school, after that point like because when I got busted I was pretty it was pretty early on still you know I was still just like we're getting stoned this is like very new and attractive and cool I didn't think about anything more past that yet you know we were just starting to get drunk and stoned and it was like fuck yeah but then like towards the end of high school I was definitely like yeah getting deeper and deeper into the culture and everything and the music and just like okay this is these are, these are cool people. This is, this is not a bad place to be, you know. You could be doing a whole lot worse shit, right? And then, yeah, into college, I got things
3: – got, things got a little warbly. <laughs> Do you remember uh, what was uh, –
0: what you were able to get your hands on at that point? We had
1: mids or beasters. <laughs> And it was basically, yeah, everything was full of season stems. Um, like, although, actually, later, like, senior year of high school, I started getting, like, I had this new hookup, and he was getting, like, the train wreck and the Death Star. and Like, the dumpster Death Star in Ohio. And I keep hearing people talking about that stuff now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally smoked that shit way back in the day. And it was fire, but, m- like... 90, 90% of the time then in high school, it was all just, you know, mids. 20 bucks for a gram, probably, or whatever it was. Four blunts.
3: <laughs> Might have been, it was 20 bucks an eight, probably. I think that's right. Pretty bad. Pretty
2: bad.
3: Yeah. Then into college, I started, it started changing getting into the like $45, $50 and eight stuff. And that's like, I I used to like fucking buy ounces
1: at crazy prices and, you know, flip like just eights, you know, just little amounts so I could smoke then. And it was just like, I think about it now and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm almost
3: selling a pound for this price. (laughs) It's like, Jesus Christ. Shit, it was crazy then. You know what's funny,
0: or at least in my opinion... You know, about differently from today to back then, if you could fucking find the guy that had that fire, he, he wouldn't let you leave with that fucking QP or pound. You know, it was most of the part straight zips, and they didn't want to. They didn't want you to fucking get too much of it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like everything else where the mids where they'd be like, take as much as you can get. You know what I mean? You come back twice in a day for the good stuff. They would be like, man, come on, man, slow down.
3: (laughs) Give everybody a chance on this shit. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Mm. So what can kind of, what we
0: what were we looking at in the college time then? What was the good the goods at that point?
1: Shit, like when I started it was like I was getting like three hundred dollar ounces or something. And you know, flipping it at like fifty and eighth <laughs> just to smoke. And then it started escalating like basically it was just I had a bunch of roommates that I lived with and you know I was the guy that went and got the weed and they all we all smoked and we all just like threw in money and then my guy was like he's like here take this much and I'm like well I don't I don't have enough for that and then like two days later I was like oh I got it now he just kind of you know he's been that dude has been helping me out ever since he's the man he was like the first one I really saw grow any real weed too. That was the other thing. I started growing weed as soon as we had a, as soon as we were out of the dorms, we grew some weed under like fucking, you know, all the lamps we could find in the house. <laughs> so like We didn't know we had like one fluorescent, like T, you know, T12 or whatever. We just like had some seeds and we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. We just did it and it was terrible. And then, you know, I've uh, done it every time ever since <laughs> now it's getting pretty good
0: you know 10 years later yeah <laughs> as we can see from the instagram there for sure so t12s is or t5s what did you say there oh no it,
1: it was like a single bulb you know it wasn't a, no grow light or anything it was just like shit we had and then, we, and then we're like, oh, it needs more light. So we, like, you know, went and grabbed all the lamps in the house and, like, tried to, like, fucking light it up. And, like, yeah, that's, that's not how you do that. And yeah.
2: then I
1: like, you know, the next time I kind of, like, was like, okay, maybe we need, like, maybe I need, like, a better light. And then I got, like, a, one of those old, like, gym halogen lights, you know, like the 400-watt metal halide with, like, the big – got the big cone on it. I got one of those for like 40 bucks or something and like reconfoculated it. So it was like a grow lamp kind of. And then I was like, okay, I got the light and then I cooked the plants cause I didn't have any kind of like, you know, air exchange or like temperature control or anything like that. I just had a 400 watt lamp and it cooked plants. I was like, okay. Like it started to work, but my room was hot as fuck. So I was just like, you know, whatever. And at this point I was kind of just like, Doing all this for like fun, you know, on the side. Cause like I saw my buddy doing, he was like, "Get some good weed." I'm like, "Okay, I could do that," but it was, it wasn't like I wasn't all in yet. And then like I had a good year doing shit, and I got some like real grow lights and like a tent, and I was like, "Okay." And then the plants grew, and I was like, "Okay," you know, I still fucked up a bunch of shit, but they started getting big and having big buds on them. This, this could work and then like the next year it was like okay i got a real harvest i had a sour diesel plant this dude gave me some seeds a bunch of random shit and it was a sour diesel one and that thing was like i was like this is like real fire like i could i could smoke this i would be very happy to buy this and get it in a bag you know and then i sold that and then i bought more to grow lights and then i'm like okay now we're getting somewhere
3: <laughs> and then i moved to michigan back to Michigan. So that was all happening, like, you know, not in Michigan. (laughs) So are you, uh, what
0: are we using for medium at this point? Are we already in soil, cocoa? Yeah. um, I mean, I think, like, the first two was probably just,
1: like, fucking miracle Grow or something, whatever they had, you know. I just went to the fucking hardware store. (laughs) uh but then yeah i got into coco and i had like a two-part like black label or something i don't know there was a grocery store down in covington kentucky across the border there were some cool dudes there um but yeah just like coco and two-part and then like i got into like a i don't know i bought like a bunch of shit on craigslist because i was like cheap as fuck and didn't have any money you know so i get like i got like this grow this dude was growing And he just had like you know a tent and like some random lights and like a bunch of leftover nutrients. So I kind of like filled out that line and ran that. I think it was psycho, psycho nutrients and that shit. Like I got it all right and that stuff came out fire. That was like my first really good run and I was like, whoa, okay. But that I mean I didn't know a lot about plants or growing at that point. You know, I was just doing it to get weed. <laughs> and then like as i was learning i'm like okay this is like you know i was just
3: getting more and more interested and involved and like caring way more about everything so yeah i don't know
1: i think i was probably in cocoa the first year i was in michigan too in my little indoor I think after the read, the first Regen conference was probably when I really switched everything over.
3: I'm trying to think, I don't even remember when I went all organic. So, did your relationship
0: change with cannabis after uh, you started cultivating it, or did it stay kind of on the recreational side?
1: No, I mean it. it like, even before I started growing it, I, I just got more and more into it. Like, I, it still hasn't stopped, you know, <laughs> like I just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> it's like, it keeps me interested. So, like, if that's what I'm doing every day and I'm still curious
3: and interested, that's, you know, that's better than a lot of things I could think of being bored. But yeah, I mean, it, the more I grew the more I'm like okay this is fucking awesome
1: you know like it's like when you have to go to cut down your first couple like harvests it's like the feeling you have when you have to like cut down this plant you've been like okay I got it good and now it's like I'm about to fucking kill this thing you know whereas now I'm just like let's go I know what's gonna happen
3: it's gonna be great I'm gonna smoke it you know but it's just Yeah, the more you do that, the more you get used to it, right? For sure, for sure. So,
0: I always, you know, joke about uh, the seriousness or organics, kind of. You know, it's very deep rabbit hole there. So, uh, you know, I often kind of wonder to myself a little bit when, You know, when I'm talking to like like a newer grower, when I should suggest, you know, diving deep into organics or starting with organics. Because for me, it is, Candace Miss has been a fun journey for sure, but there's definitely been plateaus where it's just kind of seemed almost like another day of work. You know what I mean? Kind of in the same cycle. But then again, there's been, a things that kind of pique my interest di- different techniques you know different this different that of course there's a there's always the option of breeding and stuff like that so there's a lot of avenues to look into but once you open that organics road now that, that's i don't think that's something that you ever finish up on so I, i'm almost like this close like you know, I appreciate soil and, uh, you know, the simplicity of it all. But do I want to, like, open the door for a, a beginner grower right there? You know, organics right off the get. You know what I mean? And,
1: I, mean I don't if, know. If they, if they never know anything I, else, you know, it might not be hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. You've been, doing, but it again, like,
1: you've been doing it probably forever. And you're like. You know, that's how you do it. It works. It's good. There's what, you know, why fuck with it? And I, you know, I'm all for it. However it works is how it works. It doesn't matter. Especially indoor, you know, it's like you can do like the full on living soil inside and it's fucking awesome. But it's like, it's still not outside. Like, you you know, <laughs> You don't have all those extra organisms and all the relationships that happen out there, but it's still great. But at the same time you can fucking grow in cocoa and two part and grow fire. weed. you know, it's not, it might not be as complex. It might not, you know, who knows, but I like, I've smoked so much weed, dude. And so much of it has been salt nutrients grown and like there's definitely good weed. I prefer organic and I think it definitely has like, there's like a complexity in the flavor. I don't know if that's outdoor, organic, a combination of the two, you know, there's just so many
3: factors. I'm not real picky though. <laughs> Neither
0: am I. That's for sure. I enjoy cannabis in any shape, or form that I can get it right there with you. I you know I get a lot of what you're saying though the indoor versus outdoor thing, for me as of late I've kind of I'm kind of stuck on you know I I get there's a lot of you know this diff- full spectrum of the sun, you know the little bit of stress wind, other pressures to the plant, but a lot of it I think too the difference between indoor and outdoor, I if I say this quite a bit is. People aren't as patient, you know, God. indoor. That shit's like fucking too many people go by that calendar, man. Day 70. All that shit. Well, I have
1: literally not always the case.
0: Numbers. No, not me neither. Me neither. But people I honestly like what think, day are you
1: on? I'm like, I have no fucking clue.
0: Dude. <laughs> like, I just look at the plant. That's the best way. It's the best yeah, it'll, way. It'll tell you what's going on. And I think that's got a lot to do with the indoor and outdoor right there is people, you know, when it's outdoor, you're thankful for every day of an extension. You know what I mean? You're trying to take it as long as possible. It's quite the opposite from the indoor. Indoor, I think people are pulling way too early. So I think that's got a lot to do with the quality from indoor Mm. to outdoor is a natural ripening of the plant. Yeah. And I've
1: talked to a couple of people about this and I did an indoor run last year in here and I hadn't done an indoor since I went outside like three years before that. Cause I was just like, there's so much to learn for the outdoor. I didn't even want to fuck with the inside anymore. I'm like, what am I doing in here? You know, it's like, I got so much room out there. There's the sun, like works great, you know, but I did an indoor grow and I kind of like am in the outdoor, like long Long growth cycle, like mentality, and I had my plants inside, and I just kept vegging them, got them huge as fuck, and people are like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And flipped them, and then they like took them forever, and I'm like, "Man," they're like, "Have you harvested yet?" Yeah. I'm like, "No, I don't know. They're not ready," <laughs> and I just let them go. I had six plants in like 15 gallon pots, and dude, it tasted so fucking good. I don't know. I, somebody was telling me about like the veg time like if you shorten the veg time then the plant might not like go through all its phases you know in its veg state like if you if you like something's happening there that it might like change like the basis that it goes off of so like when it goes into flower it starts changing but if it's in veg and it's like you well, you switch it early it doesn't have like everything built yet or something like that so the, like that affects the flavor and it's like gives it just more complexity if you let it just like veg as long as it wants to,
3: which if you're growing under the sun, that's pretty much just what happens. No matter what, you don't really have a choice. I 100% agree with that, especially from seed.
0: Uh, I've been tested uh, tested for a very long time and breeders push for that report a lot of times on that first run as quick as they can get it i have always been the first one to argue hey you need a few cycles to get an accurate description you know what i mean the first run it's got you know it's starting to you know show express a lot of stuff but it isn't until the second run i find for multiple reasons that i can give an accurate description and report on the strength for sure.
3: Ford, yeah. For exactly what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you, and you said
0: you started uh, most of your stuff from seed. Do you start everything from seed? No. So, <laughs> like two or three years ago,
1: I had the bright idea of just popping all seed from like bud that i grew the year before because like there's always something gets pollinated or something outside you know there's always a few seeds here and there and i don't really know where they're coming from honestly if they're just hermin or there's always something though so i just like popped all those seeds the next year or like that's all i popped and i got like all these fucking crazy herm plants and all this shit and i was like and like a bunch of males and I was like oh uh, you know I was down to like 50 plants and I'm like running out of time and so (laughs) I'm like scrambling for clones I had like little tiny plants in and shit just to try and you know recoup the space and so after that and the year after that now I'm like usually I have at least like enough clones just to fill out my numbers plus all the seeds I pop just as like backups you know. So, like, if I get something crazy happens outside, because there's, like, shit eats them out there, you know, all sorts of shit can happen. You got to pull a plan out. And I like to have a couple ready to pop pop in the spot, you know. So, yeah, I, I, and I have a bunch of clones that are, like, really great stuff. I have some first-class funk. Uh, I have some ice cream cake that was, like, won the Emerald Cup flower. My buddy went out there and, like, got it from this got the cut from this dude for some crazy amount of money and whatever I don't know he's like this is the best best," whatever so I got that (laughs) it's delicious ice cream cake beautiful um but my favorite thing that I got last year my neighbor he's he's a little older he's been around he's just like a awesome gardener he does everything super old school He's been growing his own weed for, like, 20 years. He just grows a few plants, but he has, like, all his own pollen, all his seeds, everything. And, he like, one of his buddies had this cherry that I guess he's been growing for, like, 20 years. Some sort of cherry. And he just, like, left two clones on my back porch in Solo Cup, you know. They were, like, from an Aero cloner. So, they were just, like, rooted in water. And I come home, and there's two clones on my back porch. That's kind of how he rolls. He just, like, leaves shit there. I'm like, what are these? And he's like, oh, this cherry, it's old. I don't know. The guy says, it's great. I was like, okay. He's like the, he's like the clones have been in rooted in, like they're just you know rooted in the air clone and putting a cup of water. He's like they've been in the cup for like two weeks. I'm like, what? Did you change the water? He's like, I don't think so. I added some. I mean, they're fine. I grew them, and honestly, that was probably my favorite weed that I grew last year. I'm like and somebody gave me some Trop cherry uh, Casey at the last cream event and it was I think that might be close to what it is or that's in the lineage at least like it tasted very similar. had like dude after it was trimmed and like bagged up you know that first couple of times you open up the jar or the bag or whatever after it's trimmed and it's just like dude this stuff had like it was like effervescent it was like you you like crack open a sprite like how it just like fizzles uh like had this strawberry like i was just like what the fuck is that
3: so i got a bunch of clones of that i'm gonna grow way more of that this year (laughs) so are you strictly uh outdoors these days are you at
0: least starting them indoors or
1: no i so i i got my my indoor room i was gonna do a run but then i just kind of started cloning and popping seeds. And so it just kind of turned into the full on bedroom. So it's like full right now. It's, I'm like, just the weather basically is good now. So I'm getting beds prepped. Everything's pretty much, I got to get it out there into one greenhouse, at least. And so I'll like close up the one greenhouse at night and make sure they're cool. I'm just leave them in pots until they're like hardened off out there. I got shade cloth on that. And so I can just I basically just harden them off in the greenhouse under the shade cloth and they're, they're cool.
3: They like that. So you want to tell us a little bit on how you prep them outdoor spaces
0: there? Are you in beds this year? Uh, What are you doing to get those beds ready for this year's run? Uh, to grow some monster ass hardy plants like you're showing on the instagram there i'm sure yeah. everybody would love to some tips for that shit well honestly like that bed
1: i built last year i have my my other out my other beds are like three four year hoogle beds so they got like the logs underneath so that's it that stuff's really starting to every year it gets easier basically you know because everything's starting to break down and like really just meld together so it's just like and and i'm on like hard-ass clay so like the first couple beds i tried to like dig down and like do the hoogle beds like that with the logs and i dug about three beds and was like fuck this there's like no point because you're you're digging into clay and then like when it rains the hole is just like a pot basically so it just fills up with water So, like, whenever it rains, like, if there's any holes here, it just fills up with water, right? So, I just started going, like, fuck it. I'll just build up. And so, now, like, that bed that I built last year isn't even a hoogle bed, really. I just, I put, like, four yards of sand down first because there's, like, no sand here. It's all just, like, hard. And my thought is that the sand eventually will, you know, the worms and shit will work it into the clay because, like, clay plus sand equals like pretty decent texture right and so then I I put the sand down first and it helps just like level it out kind of and then I put like probably like 16 yards of my compost
3: probably more than that on last year and then I did uh
1: the 12 seed cover crop and build a soil I have a big bag of that it's like mostly clover um like field peas or some some other stuff in there and it's all good and so I get that cover crop going like on the compost right so like I got fresh compost down I like shape the bed and I throw that seed down and water the whole bed like seed the whole entire bed and then that shit starts growing and then I kind of like once that started like really going, the whole thing's basically green. And then I kind of like shaped out some holes, like, you know, I got like 10 holes in this bed and I kind of just like spread the cover crop. And I think I put some like organic amendments in last year because I had a bunch left over. I'd say it definitely helped but I don't think it needed any I think I had probably too much nitrogen already from the compost because the compost is like a lot of horse shit and just like spent mushroom blocks and then like whatever else I throw in there that's around and it's
3: like real big pile like probably 12 feet 13 feet tall or something I don't know many yards
1: So I got that bed going. I got the cover crop going. I put out the holes and then I like amended those holes and then just kind of like let it all chill for like a couple weeks, basically until I was ready to plant. And then when I went to plant, like I put those plants in and they went into those holes and all that shit was already like fucking working. Like the worms are everywhere. Everything's thriving, right? It's like working those nutrients. The the fucking cover crop has already like cycled some shit. It's, It's starting to go. And then you put the plants in and it's just like, you know, they're ready to rock. That soil is just like anything you put in there, it it was ready.
3: So, and then from there, yeah. I just like cut the cover crop like regularly. Because
1: in the spring and like coming into summer, once that shit starts going, it just looks like, and so I just like keep cutting it and dropping it and just leaving it right on there and it just like mulches itself and then once the plants get big enough and it's like later into the summer it all kind of just stops anyway so it's just like chilling at that point so shit's not like growing up into your plants and that's how you you know bugs and everything likes that but there's everything's out there anyway you're outside so yeah it's basically just keeping the plants happy is the best way to keep everything Away from your plants, as far as I can tell.
3: Right on. Are you using any type of uh,
0: bokashi on, to compost those manures? Or are you just kind of using what you got in uh, earthworm bins or how are you uh, getting the um, manures so, right? Just age? Yeah.
1: So I just, I have like, I got a dump truck that's like this old fucking farm grain truck Those was cheap as fuck. It, I wouldn't take it far, but it it runs and it's got a huge bed on it. So I go to this dude down the road and he's got horses. And so he will fill this thing to the brim. And I got like, you know, that's like, I don't even know, like probably 15, 18 yards per truckload. And I get a couple of those. And then I get the Detroit mushroom dude, like grows gourmet mushrooms and sells them to restaurants. And he's got to get these blocks that he grows them on out of there. So, I got him to start bringing them up here, which I have to pull the plastic off of the blocks, which is a pain in the ass, but the compost is money, and mushrooms grow out of it, like, fucking oyster mushrooms and chestnuts and shit, and you can eat them, and they're delicious. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, like, you can just take those blocks, and, like, I'll just break them up on top of the beds, too, like, not for, like, compost, but then they'll just, like, the chunks will just grow mushrooms out of them, and you can just, you know, have some lunch. Pretty yeah. awesome. um but yeah so is that where i got, uh, I got a tractor uh, well i was just gonna say i just pile it all up and i got the tractor and we just i mix it like i used to mix it like all the time but now it's like a few times a year and i just let it sit for a year so i have like the next pile working getting ready to get going while this one's like i have a giant pile ready to go and as soon as it dries up basically, is when I can start spreading it because it's kind of beyond uh, shoveling a wheelbarrow for me anyway, because it's just me. So, I use a tractor and a dump truck whenever possible.
0: <laughs> and it's fun. No it's really fun. no harm in that, that's for sure. That's, In my opinion, working smart right there. So, yeah, is I've, that I've uh, enough leading bags? up to... How a uh, home of Mount Mushmore is <laughs> tell me about Mount mushmore <laughs> that basically just
1: the the Detroit mushroom kept coming up with all the mushroom stuff and we I just made this pile and started calling it Mount mushmore. I don't know it's stupid <laughs> just
3: giant mushroom compost pile yeah that's awesome that's awesome.
0: So, how do you? I guess I appreciate the Hugo style, but most of the time I hear more referenced as a mountain. But it sounds like you actually dug yours down into a pit. Well, I mean, I dug down like a foot into the clay,
1: and just like put the put the logs down, and then just like piled up stuff as much as I could on top of that. But like. So, like, my two big outdoor beds, they're probably, like, 50 feet each or something like that. Those ones I just put cardboard down and put the logs on top because it's, like, what's the point in digging into this clay? It's just
3: nothing but trouble. You know, why fight it? So, I just pile on and let the, you know, let the worms do the digging. They'll break through that shit. Oh, man, for me up here, where I'm at,
0: quite the opposite. I think you could dig for quite some ways before you hit that clay, man. Nothing but sand. Yeah,
1: that's what, dude, it's crazy. All all the people, like, on the West Coast, too, like Grand Rapids, everyone over there, which is, like, a lot of the weed growers I talk to, and everyone's on sand, and I'm like, man. <laughs> they're all like, man, this sand is terrible. I'm
3: like, you should try clay. Yeah. But it's like, you know, one way or the other, right? Oh, it's something. So, do you use any
0: type of uh, companion or banker planning uh, in the greenhouse or around the
3: greenhouse?
1: I just let the cover crop run, which is really, I guess, a companion plant, you know, because I'm growing it while the weed's there. So, I just like continuously chop and drop it um I mean I have like a couple like you know random shit planted around in the beds like iris and humphrey and shit like that but I haven't really I don't know put a ton of effort into trying to grow other stuff with the weed I just grow the the cover crop you know I just let that run and chop and drop it and I figure that's just like cycling the nutrients under the soil and it's like you know, you're chopping it and so it's mulch and it's like green mulch and it's like cooking and everything's just fucking
3: working. Just keep that cycle going. Well, whatever you're doing it, it works well, that's for sure. You definitely have some impressive
0: plants on your page, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly... see that dump truck now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh yeah
1: i mean i would say honestly after i did what i did last year with that giant bed just basically all compost i was like okay that seems to work really good and that was the easiest one i built you know so it's like fuck i still would like to put logs underneath i was just out of time and i just wanted to get that bed done and see what you know see how that ran and uh it definitely worked out
3: <laughs> more compost and the compost is good as just full of fucking worms, you know? So, do you, have you ever thought about, uh, doing any type of
0: breeding at some point?
1: That's pretty much like, the only thing I haven't, like, really delved into yet. I don't know why, but it just seems like, it's like so hard with everything going on as it is, you know, I can only imagine trying to keep all that shit straight. (laughs) But yeah, the, the, as time goes on, it's something I definitely think about more and more just because it would be beneficial for like me growing here personally, you know, just like breeding for what grows
3: right here. So that would, it makes sense, right? We're we I'll probably get there eventually. <laughs> So, how deep are you into the organics
0: or the regenerative practices so far? Like we've talked about, man, it's a pretty deep hole, man. It's so yeah. I guess how deep, how deep are we in it, in it at this point? Pretty, pretty fucking deep.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Basically, my goal is to just not have to buy anything from a grocery store, and I'm pretty close. Uh, pretty much the only thing I buy right now, which I probably could not do, but it's basically just like for clones at this point, just cause it's easier, you know, and I don't always have everything ready when I'm ready to do clones. So like, as far as my soil outside and all that stuff, it's like winter or whatever, I can just go grab some cubes and
3: fucking throw them in a dome. And that's pretty much at this point, aside from like trellis and like,
1: even that, I'm looking at different ways to tie up the plants. But when they're that fucking big, man, it's like, ooh, and it's super windy here. So,
3: ah, man, it would be hard to not have a trellis with plants that size. I don't, I don't see how it would work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm all about the organic soil, like, cause.
1: Like I started getting into it because I'm fucking cheap, you know, and I didn't have a ton of money. So I was just like looking for different ways to do it, you know, like basically not spending all my money at the grocery store. It's like, man, you, you start buying stuff like, Oh, oh, oh yeah, that, that'll work good. That'll work good. You know, that'll help. Right. I'll buy some of that. Uh, I'm like, that's not, that's not going to work for me. And people are talking about like, Oh, you just need compost. You just need compost. So I started like little compost stuff, you know, it's like, man, this seems like it's going to be pretty hard. (laughs) But then once I went outside, it's like everything kind of started to click. I was like, oh, okay, this is totally different. Because I had been growing inside until like four years ago, I guess, three or four years ago. And it's like, dude, going from inside to outside is like, what a fucking shock. (laughs) You know, inside you like got everything under control, right? You see some shit going on, you take care of it outside is like oh i'm like you know back there in a field like surrounded by woods there's fucking bugs everywhere you know the first time i was just like oh fuck (laughs) like look at all these bugs how am i gonna get rid of them right like you're not that's not how this works you just gotta kind of like see you know shit happens outside and then like other shit happens and takes care of problems and as long as nothing gets out of balance it like works pretty fucking good
3: Even like is the regenerative mindset,
1: right? Yeah, for sure. And, it, and it's, yeah, you can run into issues for sure. And then it's like, well, how do I get out of this without going and buying some shit and nuking it or doing whatever, right? But I just keep doing it. I just got into the Jadam stuff last year. And I made a bunch of, like, the soap, the wedding agent, which is great, honestly. And it's cheap as fuck to make on your own again you know i'm like so like pesticides was the last thing outside where i'm like you know i gotta be have something i can spray on the regular that's not you know gonna fuck shit up i don't want like chemicals but you gotta you gotta keep on stuff at certain times of year outside so i started making my own and i was like okay this is like pretty good
3: and the wedding agent is great you can mix that shit with anything A lot of that stuff I've
0: had some interest in anyway, you know uh, the labs in particular. Yeah, I need <laughs> That's to get one on that. I, because I'm cheap myself. I'm pretty cheap myself. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't for those reasons alone kind of went more down that road. But something that <laughs> it's, I'm a, it's like, a whole Who's a fucking, fucking- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can heal myself with that. My plants love it. It can be a cleaner. Damn, that's a that's an all-purpose one right there, man.
2: Sales pit is solid.
0: <laughs> it is, it is. And then I uh Chris Trump was supposed to be on. He had a mix up right before the show and wasn't able to come on, but we've rescheduled. And so just because he's not a cannabis user but more or less you know preaching good techniques to the community basically in most cases pro bono tons of respect i didn't want to play the fool when he you know he came on so i spent the day like boning up interview after interview after interview and oh dude he has so much good content too it was pretty eye raising, you know what I mean. Uh, I was, I may be quicker to be venturing down that road than I thought, you know what I mean. Oh. He makes a lot of oh, it yeah. seem pretty, pretty easy,
1: dude. Yeah, and I, I've watched tons of his videos. And at the last regen conference up here, uh,
3: I got to talk to him and I was like, Man, he's a man, <laughs> super down to earth. He gets it. You know,
1: and he knows all the stuff and he won't, he won't, you know, tell you not to do anything. He'll tell you why this works and, you know, whatever you're doing probably works too. That's just, you know, do what works, do what you want. But yeah, he definitely makes it very accessible. I feel like with the videos, cause I've tried a ton of, I've done a ton of his videos. Like I have the water soluble calcium. I tried the IMO with the, you know, the rice collection a couple of times. I think I'm going to do it this year though. I need to like buckle down and get it done. Cause that's like, you know, he, he says it in ton of the videos and he told it, you know, he said it the same thing. It's like 70, 80% of it is get the IMO and get that shit on everything. And then from
3: there, it's just, you know, toppings, the accoutrements. <laughs> yeah. That's a, It's definitely a deep, process that's kind of why I asked you know early on
0: you know when do you when do you introduce that to the newer grower right because you know at some point I've had I've had this discussion a lot and it's hard to I think for some people to swallow because there's such a great info out there you know if you from Prior days of learning to grow cannabis, they didn't really teach, you know, the deep organics rabbit hole. It wasn't necessarily uh, how the plant works. It was, you know, technique, you know, most cases, cocoa, A, B, whatever. This is what you do. And most people jumped on. Easy to understand. But I think, you know, with organics, you know, for a beginner grower, I've argued the point it could be quite, you know, confusing. You know what I mean? So many technical terms. I think a lot of people that, if that were be the the starting point, they may just go, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm just gonna go to the dispo. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's to where yeah. I think that may be a step, uh, you know, more of a kind of sewer step. It's an, a wonderful process to get started in. You know what I mean? But it can be if you go, hey, man, here's organics. Fump, 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 fump. Here's a few books. <laughs> they may not, you know, get started yeah. for a year or two, if not ever. <laughs> oh, no. you know? I have books that I haven't finished. <laughs> Trust me.
1: Some of them are dry. But, uh, you know, you can still go to the store and get a bag of, like, at least organic soil, right? And it's just got all the mix in it. It's, you know it's still amended and everything. It's not like a living soil, but it, you know, I've used stuff like that. That's what I usually, if I, if I don't have something ready to go, I'll go grab a bag of something and just throw clones in just a pot up, you know, cause it's easy, you know, throw them in there. It's, it's organic. You just add water. Like I don't, I don't pretty much feed my bedroom at all. Like I just give them water and like, you know, a little micro boost here or there. If I Feel like it (laughs) they look like they need it you know but yeah i mean you know there's different levels of organic right like you can go all the way down or you can just go buy the shit at the store if you're gonna buy shit anyway you can just buy the organic shit you know it's not the same but at least you're starting on that side instead of the other side right and then if you want to go further you can like you know maybe make a tea or like you know
3: Some
2: microbes.
3: (laughs) Right on, right on. Some compost on there. Put some compost on that shit.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah! So I guess, um, what about the on the hash side of things? You know, when did that the appreciation for love for the hash side of things start on? Well, yeah,
1: so, I mean, it just started with pretty much back in school. My buddy was, the buddy that I was getting stuff from, he was in like chemistry in in the college. So he was like learning how to like do fractional distillation like in school. And then he would like come home and do the same thing. And so he was just like at his lab and he was making dabs. And like at that time, like he was the only one of the only ones I knew that had any. And then anytime I got anything else back then, it was just like pretty much black, you know, like real dark brown, like just, you know, and that was just BHO, not really hash. Right. That's just like blasted stuff in the earlier days. And then his stuff, like every time he gave me something for like four years, is like every single time it got better. And I'm like, it can't possibly get any tastier than this. The next day, I'm like, holy shit, it can't possibly get any tastier than this. And now he's doing hash too, like the ice water, rosin, everything. And he's killing it because he just, you know, has such a good understanding of like trichomes and like the resin inside and everything going on. So he's taught me a lot. And basically, last year, i just uh <clears throat> got into this, this, all the stuff that i for to make rosin ice hash and the whole bit and so yeah basically the last like six months i've been deep diving and learning as much as i possibly can watching every video you know listen to everything i can on hash just
3: trying to learn and yeah it came out pretty good turns out like you know there's definitely a lot of a lot
1: to learn, and I have a ton to learn still in the actual process of like washing and pressing. But it's, you know, it's not rocket science. And like everyone says, that that's like the hard part is the material, right? It's like you got to grow good weed first. Otherwise, otherwise, you could be the best washer and presser there is. It's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna taste as good. But yeah, I'm I, I'm literally just getting started, so I, I don't want to sound cocky. I'm just I'm just happy that it came out good. And I was like, cool, this is this is going to work, right? I keep. I can keep doing this. And then, you know, having uh, rosin on tap is kind of dangerous <laughs> for somebody like me. <laughs> I like to smoke a lot. <laughs> it's delicious, though, and I'm happy I'm making it. So that's great. You know, I don't have to go anywhere for that. That's like my whole thing. I don't want to have to leave the farm if I don't have to. it is the
3: dream isn't it to be self-sustained
0: you know i agree yeah yeah i'm
1: not very good at all that i'm getting pretty good at growing the weed but as far as like vegetables and all that i'm working on it it's not that i can't do it like obviously i i could make it happen it's just the time and the i'm bad with all that i like drinking beers and smoking
3: weed you know hanging out Well, there's nothing wrong with those things. That's what you know, what I'm I'm
2: saying. Saying.
0: At that point, I you know, I think it becomes a barter thing. At some point, isn't that how the community is necessarily supposed to be set up? You know what I mean? Through the barter system, you grow tomatoes, I'll grow weed. At the end of the season, we'll do a little swap. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: and I and I've learned though, weed is like you know. It has a little more bargaining power, you know? <laughs> you can get more than just vegetables with it.
3: <laughs> you got all sorts of good stuff. You find the right people. <laughs> yeah, all about it. So, so true. So,
0: so true. So, I guess it's a fair question with all those uh, mushrooms blocks laying around. Um, do you indulge on some of the fun ones, not necessarily the the healthy ones? Uh, they're quickly becoming, you know, putting well, more and more to the forefront. I
1: would argue they're very healthy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> they have far-reaching health benefits that
3: we are just learning.
1: Yeah, I'm all about it, for sure. It's... Uh, yeah, I like, I like bringing people into the fold too, if at all possible, you know, just micro dosing is very interesting. It's great. And it's just good to get, you know, people that are like scared of it because there's a lot of people that are just like, have the preconceived notions that it's like, you're going to trip and you're never going to come back, you know, and it's like,
2: it's, you know,
1: it's not like that. Like you're drinking a whole bottle of vodka, you're
3: just taking a sip, <laughs>
0: You'll be okay. Well, I think a lot of that too is the the from the acid scare, you know what I mean? Oh, that shit will build up on your spine. You'll take a oh, trip, yeah. and you'll never come back. Yeah, I mean that was not not the whole campaign to mushrooms. make sure people were
1: scared, you know. It's like there's a reason.
3: Yeah.
0: If you indulge too hard on the mushrooms there, it's it's gonna it expel itself one way or another. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're you're not going out like that, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You'll probably you'll probably feel surprisingly good afterwards. That's the craziest thing to me, man. <laughs> Whew. You're like next day you've been going all night, and you're like, man. I was like, I feel pretty good. That's that's not that's not normal. <laughs>
0: Fucking magic. Right, yeah. Do you have some favorites? Or which of are mushrooms? some of your favorites, I should say? Of uh mushrooms? Yes. Or what? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. down, like down the line. Healthy or recreational slash medical.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I eat more uh recreational slash medical ones. I I like all of them, but you know. And, like, the ones the Detroit mushroom dude grows, he's got, like, best mushrooms in town. I, I like, pretty much hadn't eaten any, like, real gourmet-type mushrooms until I started getting the shit from him, and I, like, started cooking, like, Lion's Mane and, like, all these oysters up, and I was like, dude, these are, like, it's a whole different thing. They all got different flavors. Pink oysters, the golden oysters, the chestnuts are, like, nutty.
3: dude. That stuff's delicious, but uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of the psychedelic type. I like putting them into like you know different chocolate bars and stuff like that, so you can kind of keep track. Just break off a little square, you know. It's good. You I yourself? find the chocolates are quicker hitting and they almost
0: have an more intensive effect when they're mixed with the chocolate that's interesting
1: yeah it's definitely different it works great i think it's very effective yeah and i like to like i'll grind up like a whole big batch and make like everything with the same batch so then it's like piece to piece it's pretty consistent whereas like if you eat a mushroom and then you eat another mushroom you could have completely different effects you know just because there's different amounts of stuff and it's Not necessarily, like, the bigger ones more, you know? So it's, like, I like to have, like, real consistent. I don't know.
3: It's fun. I think it's good for mankind. (laughs) I definitely encourage it.
0: You know, I've actually talked with other, like, YouTubers that do this type of, you know, show or whatever. And... uh, I've told them we're flat out, you know, half the my, at least my secret is mushrooms. Yeah, there's a light. I, I can't tell you how many episodes they'll be like, that was a good one. I'll be like, mushrooms. Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, oh, that was a good one. Mushrooms again. Yeah. Triple balls through that one. It's only had like yes. one or two times where it's been like ill ill onset, where you know you could just kind of like look right into the depths of the camera <laughs> and like kind of pack. Mm-hmm. Other than that, at one well, one time it was just that I it was like, I could just like. Shoo, It was just like an endless tunnel looking into that thing, and it was like... Like, Oh, oh, right.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it kind
0: of kept kept fucking with me a little bit there. And uh, the other one was uh, I was getting ready to, like, wrap up a show. I was on, like, a panel show, and I seen it coming, and that fucking train, that, like, little red eye in the camera was coming at me like a freight train. You could just kind of see it just... And I was like, I didn't even say anything. I just bailed. I was like, yep, click. <laughs>
2: hey,
0: <Rob>. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And of that shit. You ain't get me like that. It's basically what I thought. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I gotta turn this red light off.
0: <laughs> Good times though, man. You. Good times. Oh yeah. So do you try to, uh, you know, Well, I guess you've already kind of threw that out there that you're laying them on the bed, but do you think more and more uh, growers could incorporate uh, growing mushrooms and cannabis, you know, synergy, you know, like in their indoor beds?
1: Yeah. Um, I know there's people doing it. You can definitely inoculate and like, you could just have a, a block in your, in your bed too, you know, if you're trying to do it indoor. Um, I know, uh, House Garden, he's definitely done some mushroom stuff in the indoor living soil
3: and very successfully. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, also like I got some blocks from
1: Detroit mushroom when I had my indoor grow garden or my indoor grow going. And he's, I was like, because I was looking at the, you know, CO2 mushroom blocks you can buy at the store. They release CO2, right? And I hit him up because I'm like, well, he's got a fucking million of these things, right? And he's like, yeah, here.
3: And he gave them to me in their, uh, the Rishi. I think that's there, Rishi, right? Like crazy tentacle ones. I think that's right. But yeah, so
1: those are like medicine on their own. So they're getting CO2 in the grow room and then you can harvest them at the end. So
3: like a win-win. And yeah, you could do it with any of them, really. Mm-hmm. Oysters would work good. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not
1: super good on mushroom knowledge. I know I, I know how to like throw it together outside my bed, but I'm definitely not the source of knowledge on it.
3: Yeah. Right okay. Well. We gotta talk
0: about something. That's
3: true.
0: <laughs> so I guess, uh I guess back to the outdoor. Uh, how would you normally go about harvesting if everything were in a perfect world and not out of, out of control? You know what I mean? Yeah. I do like for <laughs> really hanging a, and dry. in
1: a perfect world. I'd have a team of twenty people, and it'd be super easy. <laughs> 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 no i don't know yeah it's like every, every year
3: you know yeah i don't have that
1: oh uh, but yeah pretty much every year uh things escalate so it's like every year i'm still trying to figure out how i'm gonna deal with everything so it's, a, it's a challenge every time i mean i've always just dry like you know cut everything hang it up dry it keep it trying to keep it from fucking getting crispy basically as i work through and you know trim it because i never i i'm not like a machine trim guy so i've always just dried and worked through it as i get to it and then I, like the, the past couple of years i've realized like if you like harvest it and you get it dry you know however long you want to dry it i i like to go at least like minimum 10 days, but sometimes if I have room and I have time, I'll let them hang for a good long while, like a few weeks, as long as I have the temperature and humidity like in check, pretty decent. Which I like to have it like pretty much like 60 60 right around there. I'll go lower if if I have control, it depends on where I'm drying. Like sometimes I, if it's like I have to get a bunch of plants down, it's raining, I'll hang them out in the garage. And I just do my best to keep fans and keep them from, but if it's raining, you know, it's not dry. So it's, it's just humid anyway. So then it's just keeping fans on them keep them from rotten basically. But then yeah, dry them and just work through. So I was, what I was saying is uh, if you like buck them down, like not off the, not each nug, but like, you know, sections, like little, little pieces of stock that you can get into a turkey bag basically pretty easily. And like defan everything. That's the other thing. I, I like to get all the fan leaves off basically whenever I can. Ideally, you could take them off first, but that's not really, nothing happens ideally. <laughs> it's always just do what you can when you can. But uh, if you just take them and put them in turkey bags, defanned, you know, still not trimmed, but like on the stalks, and you get them in the turkey bags and you can put them in totes. And like that's, I have stuff from last year that's still like that in the totes in a room that's like 60% humidity and like 60 degrees. And then I have like that same bud trimmed and like vacuum sealed, like the same strain compared to like the stuff in the turkey bag is like fresh still. Like you you trim that up, you just do like a finished trim on it and it's like fresh. Well, com- compared to the stuff that's been trimmed and vacuum sealed for like a month or two months or whatever, you know. Like you can just see where you've cut everything and trimmed it. It's like, you can see the difference on the bud. Like it's almost like bruised kind of like you can see the little bit of oxidation, but like, it's like that, that little bit of sugar leaf that you don't trim, like just protects everything I think. And it keeps them like, they're not crispy at all. It's, they're like nice moist buds
3: and they were harvested, you know, October ish, give or take. The other thing I do as I harvest is, it
1: depends on what I planted, but like usually everything's not ready at once. So I'll try and like, if something's ready, I'll pull it early or like, you know, compared to the rest and try and harvest in stages as much as I can, weather permitting. Cause usually it gets to a point where it's like, okay, well it's gonna be snowing tomorrow. So <laughs> it's time, get the rest in. And that's like I've hung them in the barn, you know, do whatever I got to do to
3: just get them, keep them from rotting. At the end of the season, that's all. always the fight, like, just keeping stuff from rotting. And I've, you know, always had to deal, I've always battled that. Like, I feel
1: like everyone does at some point. Even indoor, I've learned some lessons, you know, pretty quick, drying stuff. And like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Why is this rotten? Oh, I left the pot in the tent. It's wet, <laughs> you know, drying the stuff over a wet pot. The buds all rotted. I was like, oh, fuck, duh, not
3: paying attention to humidity. That was early on I did that. But, uh yeah, the rot outdoor in Michigan is, I mean, I know people that lost, like, 50% of their garden last year
1: because they got pretty wily out there. It was wet for a long time.
3: And there was just no... No, like, sunny, dry times. It just kind of kept getting worse. <laughs> but I don't, know, I don't know. I did pretty good somehow. The plants were just healthy. Nice.
2: So...
0: I understand that uh, there's a difference between, I guess, wanting a long-term cure and just a good season. That's <laughs> where you have some over. you know what I mean? So do you necessarily consider that to be a long-term cure? Obviously it's been around for a bit. How much do you see it change from, you know, beginning freshly smoked to as you're describing it in the turkey bag, pulling it out there. Has it changed at all in flavor? I mean,
1: it might depend on the strain, but like, dude, this grease monkey, I feel like it just is has, it hasn't gotten worse at all. You know, I just trimmed up like a, a pound or two of it not too long ago. And I have that, you know, like once it's trimmed up I and I'm pulling it out of that room, I'll keep it in a jar and then and it's like nice squishy and it tastes fucking phenomenal still and i think yeah there's definitely it's definitely just like curing in there something's changing and it's not getting dried out it's not getting fucked up you know it's not like getting hot and shit so yeah i don't know i mean like it might be that like in the first like month or two is like everything changes and then after that it's just kind of like solidifying or not not like getting hard but like just the flavor is just like locking in longer and longer i don't know i i didn't i didn't know like if it would be better or not you know i figured the turkey bag would be the or the the vacuum seal bag would be the best right but i don't know i think just keeping that humidity in the room right has definitely made a difference because everything's just like nice still and that's the goal. Like, I like to try and do a big outdoor harvest and keep it as good as I can for as long as I can, even if it's for a year, like that's fine. I'm not mad about it. Usually after a year, though, it's getting to not be as good. You can tell, you know, <laughs> you get some fresh bud next to it, and you're like, okay, it's it's getting a little brown. <laughs> but like you break it open and it's bright green still and it's still got all the flavor, right?
3: But it doesn't usually ever make it that long. <laughs> Well, I kind of asked because um,
0: at one point, you know, you kind of described, you know, the flavor as being, you know, having like a bouquet to it. You know what I mean? It's kind of individual flavors. And for me, I, I feel we, at least again, for myself, I feel you get more of that bouquet on the fresher end. You know what I mean? Right you know, more freshly harvested, perfectly dried, ready to be jarred or long-term storage, but not necessarily long-term storage per se. I think as you know, you put it in for that long-time storage there, it's like throwing a bunch of clothes in a gym bag in my mind. You know what I mean? At some point, You're going to open that gym bag and it's all going to smell like socks. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or cologne or whatever. It's all going to just bind together. It's harder to pick out the bouquet at that point, I think. It just has that flavor and after a long-term cure.
1: Yeah, I mean, the grease monkey, I think it's not worse right now than it was when I harvested it. But like for me, usually it depends on the bud, like I'll smoke it like, you know, from right before it's done drying (laughs) until it's like fully cured, like all the way through. Right. And there's like a point in there when it's still like not dry all the way or not like it's dry enough to smoke, but it's not like cured up at all. And it's, like, you get all the flavor. Like, it burns the back of your throat just a little bit because there's, like, a little bit of water in there still, right? So it's just kind of, like, a little harsh. But you get that, like, super fresh, all the fresh turf flavor, you know? And you definitely lose that as it cures. But I think that's one of the things that you can capture with the live rosin, you know, with, like, the fresh frozen material. Because, like, that's those turps are gone as you're, as soon as you hang the plant up, I feel like you're it's changing, you know, and it might change for the better, but there's still that like fraction of turps that are there for a very short amount of time. And it's just cool that we can like capture them with the hash and like get a chance to really taste that. But like, even with the hash, the different flavors come out and some stuff like I ran the Boscotti like cured bud of it. And I had a bunch of fresh frozen material of it, but I had some cured stuff that it was like, you know, I wanted to just see what the difference was. And it tastes great as rosin, too. And that was from cured bud. So I was like, okay, well, that's cool. And it wasn't like it was a little different, but it wasn't worse. You know, it was like the cure kind of changed the flavor a little bit. And I think for some strains that can be a good thing and some it could be maybe not as good. You know, like, I feel like the fruitier stuff in bud form, like, doesn't usually hold as long, you know. But, like, whereas the Grease Monkey is, like, that real heavy terpene profile that's just, like, grease, you know. And and it's just, like, funk gassy and it just stays. And it's, like, when I smoke that in a joint. The beginning, when you light it, like you get all that flavor. And sometimes, like when I light up a roach of that, you'll be at the end of the joint, dude. And it's just like, how does this taste this good? Like, what is going on here? Like, you get to the end of the joint, and it tastes as good as the beginning. That's something's going on there. But it doesn't happen with all strains. Like, no matter what you do,
3: it's like the mono and sesquiterpenes. I don't know. What are some of your
0: favorite strains? You've been smoking quite some time. By now, you've had to go in. Uh, At least right now. I know that's hard because that's one thing I joke about, you know, about popping seeds and holding on to that one. Everyone's the one until you pop that next seed and smoke it, and you're like, oh, you're right. Maybe (laughs) not so
2: special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So what what was the question? <laughs> what are
2: you
0: what what would you say has been some of your favorite strains or, or what is currently? Yeah, I definitely
1: like pretty much anything gassy, greasy like you know Gorilla Glue. I really like. I had a uh, some chem dog that I grew a couple of years ago. I haven't had some good chem in a while. I, I'm probably gonna try and get that back into the mix here soon because that like super nasty chem flavor is i'm a fan basically just like the grosser stinkier turps the better you know the shit that like when you pop open the jar
3: you're like oh oh, that's what i want (laughs) what is this smoke some of that (laughs) uh
1: yeah I don't even know man like I didn't even know any of the strains for like the first half of my weed career you know (laughs) I was just like smoking whatever there was and then I grew a bunch of random shit too I didn't you know I grew bag seed for like the first three or four years because there wasn't like dispensaries and shit down there it was just kind of like fucking dark ages still I didn't even I could have just looked up here and like found out so much shit I just didn't know you know like, whatever, I got some seeds, let's fucking run it, see what happens. Um, That one sour diesel was one of the first, like, good strains that I grew that was just, wow, that was really good. I probably remember it better because it was one of the first good ones I had, but I don't know. This grease monkey I have, I popped seeds of, like, last year, indoor, and then I cloned all of them. But it was only six seeds, so I cloned them all, and then you know, kept the winners. Well, I planted a bunch outside and then I cloned all those. And then the one that ended up being the best, I didn't keep the clone of, like, of course. Like it looked the it didn't look the best inside, but then when I finished it outside, I was like, oh fuck, this thing is like a beast.
3: I just didn't take it long enough inside. But yeah, that's pretty much how it goes, I feel like. <laughs>
1: You know, I was like, oh, I should have kept that one. Well. Uh the cherry that I grew last year, uh very big fan of. Also the first class punk I really, really liked. That shit was just greasy as fuck. It almost never even like it never got to the point where it was like dry. It that shit was like you could barely even squeeze it. And after you were done trying to do that, you couldn't get your fingers apart because it was just like Glued together, and I yeah, the Bossotti and Dosimens last year, and the Apes in Space really were all just like super big, dense nugs. And I think I was listening to Kevin Jodry was talking about it, like his farm's up on the mountain and it gets all this wind. He was talking about the wind and like the dense, the denseness of the nugs. I was like, yeah, it's windy as fuck where I am, like, pretty much the whole time, which is why I have so much trellis, because, like, shit just blows over, and yeah, the nugs, like, I had some nugs where literally I squeezed it as hard as I could, and it, like, barely budged at all, people are, like, using micro-regulators, I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm using the sun and the wind, (laughs) like like the outdoor stressors are very very real like i feel like that plays a way bigger factor than a lot of people give it credit just like all the shit that goes on out there all the time you know this is like the plant has to constantly be trying to deal with it and it's like people are usually focused on trying to make the environment like as perfect as possible right just like give them no give them no issues like so everything's right and then it's like it doesn't it doesn't make the same plant you know as a plant that has to like deal with shit nonstop. it's just like trying to fix stuff all the time so it's like shooting out
3: different hormones doing different shit and it's affecting the flavor for sure I 100% agree
0: and I'm a big advocate for it. And I've talked about it a lot. It's, it's one of them things that, you know, at some point, I you know, I don't even like to talk cannabis at some point. Because if you talk some, you you, you tell your techniques and then there's, people that come right back with, oh, that's pro science, you're doing it wrong. Well, that's cool, I'm glad you believe that, but I'm gonna continue to do what I think I've done right so far. And I've always been an advocate for the stressing of plants being a good thing for terpene and trichome production. If you kind of go back and at any point, look at my Instagram, I don't support my shit until it needs to be supported. I like to actually let that plant come down and almost, you know, I like to go right before I know, if I brand that plant a few times, I know it's limits where it's gonna, you know, fold that branch or snap right clean off. You know what I mean? At some point there has to be a catch there, but I like to take it as far as possible with that drooping of the plant and the fans that's you know there's so much to be said to with that and the natural ripening and ripening of the plant as we've already kind of discussed those factors right there are huge in the final finishing of your cannabis I think totally yeah and I learned a like shit ton about just the
1: natural plant structure when I did the hemp I planted like 250 or maybe 350 hemp plants by myself. I I, I popped like 600 seeds,
3: I think, into like little trays and then pretty much like, you know, weeded through those
1: and got the good ones into one gallon pots into that greenhouse that has the giant plants in it now. It was just kind of like a nursery greenhouse that year. Cause I just had all these one gallons and I wanted to make sure they were like not gonna get fucked up until I got them into the ground. And I wanted to kind of like sex them as, as, you know, as I could, as soon as I could. Cause they were just regular, uh, BOAX box seed, hemp seed. And, uh, so then I started planting fucking one gallons into the ground with a shovel like an idiot. so about two weeks later i was done doing that and i'm like okay i was gonna do more and then i got to that point i'm like let's just see how this goes before i break my back. you know like 250 that should be enough but then i just kind of i basically gave them like a shovel full of compost and i watered them like once or twice with a hose right in the beginning basically when i put them in the ground and that was it that's all i did and like That You know, so they just went straight up and they had, like, just a perfect, like, you know, picturesque structure. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I always fuck with the plant, you know. It never gets, like, goes straight up and has all the branches coming off, like, perfect, right? Like, all symmetric. And I'm like, this is fucking incredible, you know. And they weren't, like, big bushes or anything. Most of them were pretty scrawny and, like, but, like, some of them were fucking 12, 13 feet tall, and I'm like, and they're just out there blowing around like, and I was out there in a the windstorm. Like, I mean, it was just windy as fuck one day. And I'm like looking at this field, like I was out there tying up my ganja plants like the weed and I'm like making sure everything's cool because those things were already budding and like big and heavy and you know, shit, shit breaking. So I'm out there fucking with them and I'm like looking at the hemp field and I'm like uh, they're fucking on the ground in the wind and then the wind stops and there's bloop right back up <laughs> like fucking eight foot plants just like on the ground like, like holy shit like the wind was just you know blowing hard as fuck but they, those things are so strong dude and then the, like you know i didn't harvest all of it and there was shit out there you know all winter and i would go out there every once in a while and like you know, there was some buds on stuff. It was like, you know, I had bugs or whatever. The aphids were really bad that year. I got hit really fucking hard with everything. So that whole year was like a shit
0: show. <laughs> Learned a lot since then. <laughs> and I'm not. I was just time. thinking, as you were speaking, I wonder, if, could you use, a, like, hemp as a banker or a companion? I guess it would be one or the other. Both, I guess. Could you use it for a banker slash companion plant, a buffer I mean, you around your it, garden? You could have it like
1: around it. I wouldn't want it like, I mean, you could put it in the beds with it, but at that point you just have to treat it as its own, you know, plant because it's not, it's going to take all the same shit that your weed plant wants. So you don't want to, you know, if you're not trying to grow some hemp, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it might've brought in the aphids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, bugs see like I don't know if aphids are like that too, but if there's a ton of one thing in one spot, they'll see it easier than if it's all interplanted. I mean, yeah, it was an obscure. They were, they were like in like in particular,
0: with just in particular strains in general or cultivars. You know, I just tag one in particular one. You're like, wow, they don't like them turds.
1: (laughs) Dude, yeah, I mean, I've had plants that are like growing into each other in like beds, you know. And it's like one plant will have bugs and the plant that it's literally like all up in is like fine. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, that seems like not right, but it's how it is sometimes. Not usually, but I've seen it. Same with powdery mildew. I've seen
0: plants rubbing up on
1: other plants and they're just like fine.
0: So what'd you end up doing with that hemp? I I remember you said you didn't necessarily have or find the market that you thought you may (laughs) have of it.
1: Most of it's it's sitting in totes in the barn still. (laughs) I don't know. I like make salve and stuff with a bunch of like weed and I'll throw hemp in there. Like, sometimes if I make stuff, I'll throw some hemp in just to get some CBD and some good shit in there. I mean, it's it was good. Um, There was, like, you know, it's got seeds and stuff in it. It tastes pretty good, though. And, honestly, I was shocked by the, dude, the terpene profiles throughout this whole field was just, like, all over the map. And I, there was one, a couple out there that had, like, no joke, like, I grabbed this plant and smelled my hand, and you would have thought I was literally cutting garlic. Like, it smelled like fucking garlic. And I was like, what? And I had heard people talk about, you know, like a garlic turp, and I'm like, I've never, you know, I have had said stuff that's kind of, like, savory or, you know, like, GMO. But it's like, I've never had anything that's, like, garlic this shit was like I was like what that that can't be right like and and it went from that to like cheese or like there was like berries turps out there there was everything so that was really interesting you know cuz it was all just from seeds so lots of phenos. and then like half of it was purple half of it was green all sorts of weird shit <clears throat> it was cool to just like Put seeds in the ground and see them grow though i mean I, I potted them but putting them in the ground and just watching them do their thing was like
0: pretty crazy see that's one thing that i think is the difference now that you say that you know why those plants were able to bend like that that's fucking taproot vigor right there it's that the root going down as deep as it can get before it branches out i think absolutely
1: yeah, and there was just you know it didn't have a choice. It wasn't getting watered or anything, so it it had to it had to get down there. Otherwise, it was gonna die. And it did, and it did it. And you know they did it. They, it was great. I definitely could have like you know, probably made it so there was way more of him and they were way bigger. But I really kind of just wanted to see it happen, you know, just for my own education, really. And just to see that many plants in a field, it was really cool. You know, watching them all in the wind with that many. I'm like, I fucking did this. This is pretty cool. <laughs> I'm just back there like, hey, okay. okay, nobody's stopping me. They said I could do this. You know, because that, that, that year, nobody came out and checked or anything. There was nothing. It was just like, here you go, 100 bucks. Plant as much as you want. Tell us where you're going to plant them. <laughs> okay. 100
0: bucks, fuck, that's not much to lose. <laughs> no, no, no. That's awesome, too. Like I said, that's a, it would be an awesome experience. I, I've actually kind of heard, like, California kind of taking advantage of, like, the hemp market of there a little bit. Just like, oops, it's over? Oh, or you know what I mean? Or, you know, swaying yeah. it a little bit. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm over things.
0: rats. Huh? <sighs> kind of, you know, in, I don't know, intentionally cannabis being over. Oh, shit, I must have got some bad seed or I don't know. Yeah. Shady I
1: mean, like... people are doing crazy shit with the hemp now. Like, you can, you know, take a field of hemp and turn it into THC distillate, which is pretty wild. That doesn't seem right. But they're doing it cruise C B D into THC. I'm like, what? But uh so then that's like all on the market, you know, like well that's that's like fucking Frank and Franken THC, <laughs> you know, that ain't right. That's not how it's supposed to be. But uh yeah, that's a whole nother bag of worms. But uh something else I was gonna say, talking about watching plants like growing. I've always had, like, a couple of, you know, like, volunteers grow out there, and usually they get killed or whatever, but there was a couple out of this old compost pile that I don't really use anymore, but there's definitely, like, some compost there. It's next to the chicken coop, and I think they were hemp, but two plants were out there, and I didn't see them for, like, a long while, and then I was like, oh, fuck! by the time I saw them, they were already, like, as tall as me. And one of them was a male and it, it was still early on. So I pulled that and just let the other one go. And I, you know, it was like at least 12 feet tall and pretty much all the way around. And it grew up and it just kept going. And I was just like, you know, I'm over in my beds, like working my ass off sweat. <laughs> I'm looking at this plant over here and it's huge and it's healthy. And it's like, I didn't do anything to that. It's just over there doing its thing. Like, how do I make them all like that? (laughs) Like, where I don't have to do anything, you know? And then, like, I watched it, and there was that windstorm that same day. I came back there, and I was like, man, that thing's going to blow over. I could tie it up, but I didn't. And it just kind of, like, fell over. And then it just, like, kept going. And then it just, like, got big again. (laughs) It was like, it just kind of kept going, you know, and got get, getting bigger. And, uh, I didn't harvest it, but it smelled pretty good. It was definitely have. It was just cool to watch. It's like, what are we doing here? You know, that thing was huge. There's big buds on it. <laughs> like, I didn't do anything.
0: Huh. That's awesome, man. I think that's another thing that people underestimate cannabis with is the hardiness of that plant, man. You can really manipulate the plant in a lot of ways, and she'll come, she'll snap right back in a lot of ways. Yeah, I
1: remember right when I started growing, like learning about like tying them down and like splitting them right from the beginning, like mainlining or whatever, you know and I was like doing all that shit you know I was in there like you know time down come back in like an hour and a half and look at it and I'm like you know the leaves were facing the ground when I left and now they're already all the way back up at the leg like how the fuck does that happen you know I was obsessed and that was just like I only had like two plants so I'm like in there fucking with everything learning watching now it's like okay here we go I'm gonna go pull some
3: family <laughs> see you in a week. Yeah, it's fun though. It's always I like to
0: see that too. The ones from underneath that actually kind of twist, completely turn around, face up, do what they got to do. You're like,
2: man,
0: dude, it's crazy. Go get her, aren't you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and and the one year, uh, this is when I learned like outdoor what what the plants will do out there. When I was telling you, I like popped a bunch of random seed and had a bunch of males so I was pulling plants out and then like you know the plants that were next to those plants pretty much all filled in the spaces that where I didn't plant another plant like they just with not that much time left either they just fill in the space like it's pretty much like as much room as you give them out there they're gonna fill it up and that's like so far I put ten ten plants in that bed last year and I figured like okay these will be
3: spaced out. You know, they were eight feet apart, six feet apart or something. I could have put fucking five plants in that bed and I think it would have they would have been still touching, you know. Like those big
1: plants were fucking cross, you know. They were it was a mess. <laughs> like trying to harvest it, you know, it's just like Jesus.
3: Yeah, a lot of families. Looks like a good problem to
0: have. So I guess I do. You believe in the whole defoliation process? I guess that's a fun one to talk about with organic folks. Some are like, "No, no, 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 no," and some are like, "Yeah, I'm good." So,
1: um, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a lot of ways to look at it, but to me, it's usually just. I'm defoliating for airflow mostly just to keep shit from getting too wet in the middle, you know? Cause like, I mean, i if I'm indoor, I'll defoliate to just to keep everything from, you know, getting too tight. And it's like, as soon as you defoliate, they fill right back up, you know, very quickly. So it's just like when I'm outside, it's like, you can't, you get down to the end of one row, you start the other way. And it's like, by the time you're done, (laughs) the leaves are already back. It's just like, okay. (laughs) Could pretty much just do this forever. But, and it's like, I look at it as like most, most of them got to come off at the end of the season anyway. Right. Like at least for the bud I'm harvesting and yeah, pretty much everything. So it's like, if I had time, I would, you know, at the end of the season for sure defoliate the fuck out of them. And for rot, just to help with that. But also, there's an argument to be said for each spot where you pull a leaf off or clip it is like an entry point for rot or any kind of pathogen. It's just like a wound, basically. So that's something to think about. But I feel like the airflow is more important than that. So, like, yeah, at the end of the season, if shit's, like, as it's, like, ripening on the stock, like, I would pull all the fan leaves, like, just do it while they're out there instead of have to do it, you know, when you hang them. Because if they're pretty much done anyway, but, you know, unless you have some reason you want to leave the fan leaves. Like, if you're if you're somewhere where it's super, super dry, like, I would probably leave, leave some fan leaves on when I hang them, you know, just to have a little more moisture buffer.
3: Because, like, if you let that shit dry out too quick, I'm sure you've done it, you know. <laughs> it don't taste right. Oh, man. You just opened.
1: <laughs> <I know. laughs> the whole thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have, kind of. Because I've, you know, I've been growing for a long time, and I used to think that the, you know, the, the length of the, it was better. You know, longer better than better. Everybody else. I've tried drying several different ways, you know, throughout my grow history. I've used the fucking ranks. I've wet trimmed, I've dry trimmed, I've just hung the plant like you've talked about. I've trimmed you know, wet trimmed and put everything on coat hangers with pins, clothes pins and nice little oh, neat yeah. racks. with all that good one. shit. Yeah. And I've been back and forth. on which way is more right. Duh, 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 duh. And I think it comes back to more intention these days. Because I do use a a herb dryer. I got fucking cannabis in the dryer right now. It's it looks like, uh, like a dehydration machine. Yeah, it's like it looks like a dehydrator. It kind of looks like one, but it's not. Probably not hot, right? Yeah, not even as close. It's slow going. You can hear the fan coming on and off. It isn't. You you just put it in there wet. Yeah, I'm, this shit that I'm I've smoking that I it, showed man. you right here. This is news is to fucking, me. I harvest, I harvested this shit like four days ago, and I'm already smoking it. Shit, you not? I've Perfectly good taste. Drying. Yeah, I've heard of that too. But so, I've also
1: heard it doesn't. It's not gonna. It's not a cure, you
0: know. <laughs> It, it's it's it, it, well with the freeze dryer it looks good but it doesn't necessarily no, hold the structure for long. after a dry. while it's just like <laughs> poof yeah it's dry. <laughs> yeah so, so I've that- almost wondered it's it, I like it. I like it. it takes nothing away from it. okay so I guess like I, I'm getting to as I'm stuttering like hell it comes back to intent, I think to be honest with you. Uh, and again, this is gonna this is gonna get real hippie-ish at some point, and very organic and towards the end. Okay, but it's all an in intent here. So I I think if you want more of that like bouquet type cannabis, like we're talking about, where you know you're you're trying to pick out every little node, every terp profile in there, I think. That quick preservation method, drying it as fast as you can, in one of these. There's several types of herb drivers these days. I mean, they go from the cheap model that I've got, and I, I scoffed. I wanted this thing not to work. I done side by side. on this thing. It, I'm like,
1: this is this is just another fucking thing you can buy.
0: No, I'm serious. I'm I done side by sides, and, and it, I've been running it for fucking two years now. Okay. Be honest with you. I took down my dry tan. And I again, I'm not I'm not gonna say the name, I'm not affiliated with it. You know what I mean? It's a, a, a good machine, but I honestly think it comes down to that quick preservation method. You know, uh it you're not losing nothing there, and it's tasting more more fresh, more individual turf profiles come out to where. I think if you're looking more for kind of a cured cannabis, you know what I mean? To where it's a more blended flavor or you're just looking for a flavor, I think that's where the long-term dry comes into play. And this is where it gets really hippie on you. You know, it comes back to the stress factors that we were talking about earlier, you know? Any plant, even grass, once it's chopped, you know what I mean? It instantly sends off a terpene profile that that we smell is warning to the rest of the grass, hey, man, you're going to get mowed real soon. And I think that kind of happens with the cannabis plant in general. So I think from the day you walk up and chop that plant, it's already sending out a stressor through the plant. Okay. It's already going through changes. It's already doing different, different things chemically. Okay. Now this is where it gets, again, hit more hippie ish. As that thing dies off, you know, the more leaf or, you know, plant matter that's on there is what it's water and nutrients. For that longer dry out, that plant's still going through changes till the last minute. Every bit of moisture's out of there. So I think as that drying process goes, you know, a lot of people used to say it was more like the leaves coming around and surrounding the buds and the terpenes being locked in. I don't think that's it. I think it's more of those final stages of like, you know, warning the others or whatever. It's still kind of stressing and changing as it's drying out till that last minute. So I think that's the difference there between the quick preservation is more like we were talking about earlier, a little bit more stickier, more individual turf profile to where the longer dry is something more complex, more unified than you'll get from, let's say, A to B method. Uh, So that's kind of my mentality on it now. But, uh, the, you know, these dryers, again, man, I've seen them from, like, the one I use, you could probably buy, I think it's like 130 bucks for a, a small model now that you can do, like, roughly a pound yeah. in. To, like, the, these big, bigger dry machines where you, you can set the humidity, they're Curador-type models, where you can damn near just dial it right down and let it do what it wants, and you know. It is yeah. what it is. Again, oh, back to I again backed in, I guess. <laughs> I don't like it. And I'm not at, and I'm not asking <laughs> you to. But um, I'm telling you right now, I have judged a few cannabis uh, high times cups and I've smoked a lot of this fresh, fresh cannabis the one that's been dried in one of these dryers. And I've been on the show like at a few times going, you know, talking to somebody just like this and be like, yeah, I'll see you at this event Friday and we're going to be smoking this cannabis. And, you know, them people go, oh, this is good. There's nothing yeah. wrong with this at all. It's still super turpy. but again, to each your own, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I feel like the drying, <laughs> stage is just so important i mean like i don't know like a like a, i feel like an oven like that would be super hard to use at a, at a big outdoor scale anyway which i guess i'm like as small as it gets for outdoor scale but you know it just gets bigger but uh, i don't know like just trying to load stuff into an oven it's like a whole nother step in the process that i don't know i guess it's just the way i look at the whole process there's different different ways i actually it, started drying it my Depends
0: on your situation more than anything, I guess. Again, wanted to hate it. I said, (laughs) I actually drive my hash in it. Again, didn't think I would fucking want to do it or it wouldn't work that well. I did a 12 hour run uh, back, uh, hell, about a year or so now on the show. Me and Boom Farms, another Canadian grower, D420K. Smoky the Bear 2.0. Them two kind of talked while me and Boom washed. He did a wet wash. I did a dry material wash. We washed for 12 hours on air. and then I did a side by side where I would normally few different techniques where I how I would normally dry a hash one would be the freezer method one would be taking it and breaking it up into small pieces of parchment paper thirdly being in the dryer and i kind of went right for the dryer i kind of at one point halfway through it went yeah fuck this the dryer works you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean and it was kind of nicer it i the dryer allowed me to kind of keep it more in the puck Type, you know what I mean? Where I wasn't mashing up all the heads, trying to break it all up, which I think is just brutal to the medicine in general. That I, you know, terms of all, so Every time we expose them, break them up, expose them to air, we're losing. We're always losing, losing, losing in the extract right? thing. Yep. So if we can kind of keep it more together, you know what I mean. So, be it. That's where, like, the freeze-dried hash kind of comes into play nice. I think they be quicker... Again, the quicker drying method. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I just feel like
1: with, like, drying bud, you know, there's, like, the chlorophyll's breaking down, like, there's shit happening that takes a little bit of time, I think. I don't know, though. I'm not a scientist. <laughs>
0: I, I'm not either. I have just found either, that usually I-
1: it's, like... For me, if I can keep the temperature and humidity where I want it, like seven to, you know, I try and get to 10 days minimum if I can. Just hanging, you know, in the room at like 60% humidity, like 60 degrees. And it it just, I feel like if you can get it, then it's perfect. And that's just, you know, defanned. If I can get to it. Like I used to just cut whole plant. Like cut the whole plant and hang the whole plant, but that doesn't really work anymore. Number one, you can't cut I gotta cut I gotta get a chainsaw to cut the plant. (laughs) So I could barely carry the fucking thing. You can't cut those whole plant. And like those giant ones, I couldn't get them out of the trellis. Like I just had to, you know, cut the tops off. So now I just Like, that worked pretty good, though. I basically just got, like, you know, two, three, four-foot sections or whatever of, like, big colas and hung them on lines. I got lines all over the place.
0: (laughs) I love chat, man. There's twice now that uh, chat's, like, I've looked up, well, once I asked you about the mushrooms, cultivating the mushrooms and uh cannabis which obviously i talk to a lot of growers and there's a, a lot of times that I, I do know things but i like you know i i try to coach it out and they're in chat going you know guster gross gus gross does that too and i'm like i know i know and then <laughs> we are talking about the air dryer and I'm sitting here going, I'm not going to name it. You know what I mean? I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to sell it to you. Chats in here going, they're putting the name in chat, going, (laughs) the dude's got white papers and everything. And he does, you know, he's got tusks and white papers and all that shit. They've got the link to it in chat and shit. That's kind of funny. Cheers to chat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, again, I sometimes, say, you know, I think we get it set in our ways or some way of the stuff that we're taught. I think we're afraid to, you know, not necessarily afraid, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it type mentality.
1: And, like, for that specific thing, like, mm-hmm. I fucked that up a lot of times. <laughs> you know, like, trying shit and it not coming out to what it could have been, you know? It's like before harvest is when the butt I feel like, is... Oh it's just like the best It's perfect everything's going to be great and then it's like sometimes by the time you get it into the jar it's like what happened it's like that's not what it looked like when it was you know still alive <laughs> like, this is uh this is does smells like hey doesn't taste good Yep. probably Shit, like my first, that like, just three happens or four in harvests.
0: general yeah i I should you not i i, I should you not one of the first harvests i had the first real good harvest i had fucking just thinking i was ball and nice big nice big fucking colas and shit fucking few days into it you know fucking being on the rack come in they'd fucking you know shrunk up a little bit i'm like Who's been out there and shit? It looked like you know what I mean. That ain't, that ain't what what was out there and shit. Yeah, it was it was. He didn't realize that shit was gonna shrink as bad or whatever. And so yeah, there's times where it definitely changes right off the bat, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean you can you can totally ruin it after you cut it down. Like that's to me one of the most crucial times. Like obviously you have to get it to that point first, but. It's like you can totally fuck some shit up by drying it too fast or, you know, just fucking it up,
3: not getting it dry enough, quick enough. The fine line for sure. And oh, it's just all... like, I can't, I'm trying to, I'm trying
1: to think of like how I would incorporate one of these oven things. Like it would just have to be like, it'd be a whole nother thing, you know, I have to like load it in oh. like batches nonstop.
0: Well, for me, okay, and again, we're talking two different styles. You know what I mean? I, they he There is a few companies I know that are working on a more larger scale type machine. But for an outdoor grow to sit there and wet trim and right trim and fill tray after tray, whoo, I could see how that'd be a bitch, man. You know, as you're ta- already talking about that big, you know, Nature was nice to you. You got a nice bumper crop already behind the ball. Freezer came in handy. You know what I mean? Ain't no way you'd be fucking trying to pack that machine. Fucking you would at that point wish you had that 20, 25 people and they would all be at work. You know what I mean? I don't know if I I could. I trim
1: everything by myself pretty much. I'll get as much help as I can get anybody to stay, but it's, you know, it's usually not much but i
3: mean i feel like dry trimming is definitely definitely the way i like to do it i'll say that that's the way i've had the most success but i mean wet you, like i'm assuming you wet trimmed for the oven thing
2: yeah
0: and again it's a hash thing too because i like that wet material for my hash as well and i think you know there's uh, again yeah. it comes right back into play what are you what are you trimming for what are your intent you want that i don't know so the two seem to work well for me you know what i mean wanting that wet material for saved for my hash the wet trim for my hash and the dryer Perpetual, working in the perpetual-type garden like I am to where I'm pulling down a tent a month instead of that one large harvest. Like I said, yeah. that was a blessing. You know what I mean? Instead of having a 4x4 four four fucking drying tent, you know what I mean? Now I could be fucking... had a nice little table with a couple dryers sitting there fucking taking that down, you know what I mean? Yeah, and
1: that's like Teaks pretty her. much... How- that's how everything is like people always say like well what's the best way to do this it's like well literally there's like all these ways you can do it and none of them like they don't have to be bad like it's just there's different ways it depends on what you have you know like what your situation is what you're trying to get like how you want to do it
3: like what matters to you and just like you know that's that's just like your parameters and then you go from there so
1: like you're in, you're doing your perpetual thing. I'm doing my outdoor thing. It's like two completely different, you know, things. And we're, we're both just getting weed. Like that's what we're trying to do. <laughs> we're doing the same thing, right?
0: Again, and I, well, I talk a lot about this and trying to defend a little bit of the bro science or more what I like to kind of took the term from, mycology world is the the citizen science is what i prefer to call it you know take the bro science out, citizen science there i think some of this stuff a lot of stuff what we do behind the scenes practices like this that we're talking you know we get used to our what works for us and our environment you know a little little tips and tricks that we picked up on the way in our grows and our environment. And we think, man, that, that works well, but we don't think, man, I need to write that down and start fucking doing tests on this. You know what I mean? I think at yeah. some point we go, wow, that's a great idea. You know, hopefully I, I, I even think at some point, you know, we do shit to the plant and we find out it works and we think, man, I can't be the first guy that's thought of this. You know what I mean? And we just kind of keep Definitely. doing it because it fucking works. <laughs> well, and then you see somebody else
1: doing it and you're like, okay, this guy knows. He's a, he had the same thought as me. Okay.
2: <laughs> like
1: I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah. Let you know you're doing something right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good with tests. I just pretty much was like, we'll just try it on a couple of plants. I'm like, if I think it's going to work. I'm putting it on everything, <laughs> you know, like I can't help myself usually. And at this point, it's like, I just try and do less and less every time now.
3: Just get that soil out there in those beds like money. and Yeah. Stop doing so much. I feel like it's getting better every year. The beds are growing. Yeah. Look, looking at your
0: Instagram page, you're doing something right there, my friend. You're definitely doing something right. Lots of compost. It works good.
1: <laughs> it's like it's like, man, everyone's been saying that since the beginning of time. Turns out it works.
3: Yeah. Right on. I so do you
0: it's not something you need necessarily hear of, like the horse manure per se. You know, I've always you know, used it in the vegetable garden, but I've never necessarily incorporated it into a cannabis garden.
1: Yeah. So that just happened because I found this guy that had horse manure for free that he would load into my dump truck with his loader. And I was like, all right. I was looking for any, you know, any kind of, any kind of manure would have been fine. I mean, that's, that's a good one though. And pretty much if you're going to let it sit in a pile for a year, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to be hot. But I've planted stuff. Usually if I like have some extra plants or like some males or something that I know are males and it's like springtime or whatever, and I got a pile or I got some compost I want to test out, I'll just throw some plants straight in it with like no mix just to see. And it's every single time it's been like, oh, yeah, they look great. No problem okay and now i just like basically look for if there's like a bunch of worms in there i think you're good to go
3: i don't know it might not be perfect but it's i feel like if the worms hit like it then the plants like it again
0: man that's one of the that's why i asked if you fed you know how you were kind of working it with the, either with the bokashi the earthworms i've heard you know they just came Arguments right both sides in. there. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you're ahead of the game, just letting it sit. They're they're already there taking care of it for you.
1: Yeah, I mean it just kind of happened, you know, out of my sheer laziness. <laughs> I'm like, hey, wait, this is good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then I make some like teas and stuff throughout the year. But I don't know. I basically just do that because I have stuff to do it with. I have a bunch of comfrey growing, so I always make comfrey tea. And then like if I have males or if I do like the first big like uh just like trim up defoliation, whatever you want to call it when I'm like cutting all the cutting lowers and you know, thinning them out a little bit, I'll make a tea out of all that stuff. Put all those branches
3: in some water. Just let them fucking sit, basically. Or brewing, I got a bubbler out there too. So I don't know. I try all sorts of weird shit. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Again, it kind of
0: just keeps us on our toes and keeps the the fun and growing alive. Trying new things a little bit here and there.
1: Yeah, and uh, and I mean, like just making teas out of like the plant that's growing there makes a ton of sense. You know, because it's got all the nutrients right, like in the right formulations already just unlock them in the water and i don't know that's how my brain thinks of it anyway and then like i'll go out and like if there's like flowers and stuff in the field next to me or whatever's whatever's basically blooming at the time i'll go out and like grab a bunch of that shit and throw it in with the tea because that's like you know kind of goes along with all the k stuff it's like whatever's in bloom then that those plants have the nutrients that whatever you're trying to grow right now should be looking for the same thing, you know? If it's like springtime, it's like early veg stuff, it, you get veg nutrients. If it's a flower, it's flowering nutrients.
3: Okay. I don't know. That's very crude, you know, but like, kind of how I think about it. Yeah, that's one of those things that, you know, again,
0: I'm afraid of how deep I want to get into the organics because I'm like I kind of can be just like you in a lot of ways not necessarily with I won't put that shit on everything which I can be that way as well (laughs) but I tend to like when I get into stuff I kind of tend to go balls into it just fucking all in and I'm afraid I may risk my likability with the other people in the house if I go completely organic to where <laughs> <laughs> i am got the earthworm thing going, I'm Bokashi, and I'm worried about this, they're gonna be like, Yeah, I ain't doing it, I can see this already, I ain't doing none of that shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they
0: don't even know it's down there be good no i i can see no i could be that that bad to just be like walk by the garbage and be like yeah i see like eggshells and coffee grounds and shit in there you guys know there's a bucket for that
2: oh dude i do
0: i put all my organic <laughs> stuff in a bucket
1: and just you know do something usually i just give it to the chickens but I used to throw it in the compost pile like I had a food compost pile like kitchen scrap kind of thing but you know that's like little little tiny bucketfuls at a time I need like tractor bucketfuls at a time <laughs> I need a lot of compost so that's when I started like sourcing the bulk organic material you know I was like I need I just like need more compost that's all there is to do it. And I was making little piles and like stacking them by hand, like layering like straw mushroom blocks. And this was before I had the horse shit hookup. But those mushroom blocks, dude, if you break them up and mix them in with like wood chips or leaves, like it will eat those wood chips in like a couple months. It's crazy. Probably even quicker than that. Like I, that shit will cook fast if you like layer it up and let it sit and flip it a couple of times. That's how I did it
3: the first few times before I did the real big pile. And then yeah. once I got the dump truck, it kind of escalated. Yeah. I had that similar experience with uh,
0: the Bokashi. Again, kind of like, you know, my experience in the soil back in the day, I've been through every medium, most of its drogue type systems. Like most people have, you know, just working your way through there. Yeah. First, first types with soil there were fucking just like you were talking about, store bought, fucking throwing it out, you know, then through the super soil. Now trying to actually keep it, you know, work it. You know, (laughs) it's it's definitely a a learning curve for sure there. And uh, I don't know. I'm hoping to stay more towards the soil side, but I guess what I'm getting to is, uh, like, it, when I when I started open the door when Mister Smiley's Gardens there, you know, kind of directly placed the challenge in front of me. Here's your earth boxes, run this shit against your cocoa, okay? Uh, I was real impressed with that first run, but I had also gotten like extras, you know uh brandon brandon russ uh sent over some shit for me to use as well his bokashi and his microbes and shit and uh that's what was my first encounter with the bokashi you know what i mean that's why and i it made me kind of lo- look into actually what you can do with it that's why i kind of was asking about the compost because i've heard that you can sprinkle that on your compost in those layers, and it helps knock down the smell and helps break it down a little quicker as well. Yeah, but I like I, type stuff for sure. I sprinkled some of that shit on my cocoa, and I was using a grow cocoa, which is, I mean, this shit's like three-quarter inch chunks, basically, wood chips, super airy. I sprinkled some of that Bokashi on that fucking shit. And by the end of that run, I I would have normally gotten a few good runs out of that cocoa, rinsing it in between. And most of the times when it got to where you'd buy it like in a fine form, like you'd buy it at the store, that's when I was chucking it out because I liked it so chunky, you know, so airy. But, man, that, that it was brand new, brand new cocoa that run. I sprinkled some of that Bokashi on it. And by the time the end of that run, that shit was just fine, fine, almost fucking dirt.
2: <laughs>
0: there was no, no chunkiness left down to it at all, man. That Bokashi had broke that shit right down in that run. I couldn't believe it. Yeah,
1: the microbes are uh, very real. And, like, that was one of the first things I brought into, like, when I was doing, you know, like, I think I was running can at the end before I switched over completely. I started using uh, Recharge. I was listening to that dude's podcast, The Dude Grow Show. That was, like, the first weed podcast I ever heard of. And it makes Recharge. It's just, like, another micro, you know, it's a micro product with, like, help and some other good shit in it. And it works. Like, I put it on shit, and it's, like... 48 hours guaranteed whatever on the thing and i'm like okay and i was like okay like fuck yeah the plants will love that shit and like, everything's green blowing up i'm like okay microbes definitely do something And i was adding that in with you know i was running salts still so like it still helped obviously it's not like propagating itself in the soil there in that situation but even as long as it was
2: able to like survive in that environment it, definitely
3: help Uh, yeah there's a deep door right there for me and I'm still
0: kind of stuck in that that wormhole right there with mycology with fungus and shit holy cow man the power that shit has to break shit down fucking rocks and shit the way a hyphy can reach into a stone and fucking just like start busting it up, breaking it down. It's fucking fascinating. And then to find out that, you know, everything that's going on in that soil is pretty much fucking going on right in your gut. The direct correlation of that shit fucking blew my mind. It really, yeah. It changed everything for me, man. And I've been kind of stuck in that, man, for a long time, you know, because it's very true, man, the, 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 that gut biome is so very important. I think we, uh, people underestimate that shit so, so much, man. I started, like, drinking the kombucha and shit after that. I'm a big advocate for that shit, man. I'd be talking to people in the grocery store and shit. Oh, you'd be you sick? Practically, hand a bottle back. Yeah, there you go. That's what you need right there. couple mm-hmm. of you'd be good. <laughs> Clean out yep. that little apple cider vinegar kill all that bad shit in your gut, the bad stuff. You'll you, be fine. You'll be fine.
2: It's like we kill the bad, get some or good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, fucking uh, The Dirt Cure was one of my favorite books about the macology and your gut and the soil there. And in the beginning of that book, she talks about she fucking right out the bat. She she don't even ask you how you feeling or whatever. She wants to talk about your shit, and you know the end process right back traces it right back through their system how the gut uh, the microbes are you know breaking this down the good and bad and how your body's interacting with all that shit. It's a really eye opening book. It really is. Yeah, that's like the whole thing microbes are
1: it's everything and the gut alone is yeah yeah I, i'm like i know about all this stuff and i'm like pretty bad at practicing most of it <laughs> it's like i'm pretty unhealthy most of the time still but like you know i do stuff I, you know
3: well i don't think like, you're I'm bad at practicing I'm that. It
0: all the time Nah, I I don't think you're bad at practicing it at all. I think you've just figured it out, basically. You're just like, yeah, oh, I know what's going on. Why well, fucking try to fuck around beat myself up in the inside with that? I'm just gonna take it right outdoors where it's going on anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that's fair. You've you've cut a corner, is all you've done. <laughs> all about it. Make this easier
1: and cheaper. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at everything. And now I'm down this whole organic rabbit hole. Like, yeah, this isn't easier, but
3: <laughs> I'm in. I think it probably is easier in the end, but yeah. It's like a whole thing. It's one of
0: those things, though. Man, I've said this a lot too, man. Once you dip into that organics, man, you might have started down that that hole. Or the cannabis or whatever man but you definitely start learning a lot about yourself and other you know the way you step in this on this planet once you've opened that door up for sure oh man. for sure it cultivates you as as well
3: yeah yeah no doubt about that
2: oh
0: How are we doing, man? I am just wanted to check in because I know beforehand you did mention we were <laughs> a little late on the time. You, you weren't up, used to being up this late. I just wanted to check in with you make Got sure me. that we weren't overstaying yeah, our welcome so far. All right.
3: All right. Cool.
0: Cool. So what are some of your favorite events here in Michigan? You know, uh, and we're coming up on that season, and you mentioned one in the beginning, but uh, is there some in particular that you're you're fond of? Um, Honestly,
1: I, like, pretty much just started going to, like, all these vending events, and the last one was the first one I ever vended at with the hash, so that was cool, and that was the swap, cream swap meet um like the first thing i really ever went to was the regenerative conference uh like two or three years ago or whatever it was at grow green and then i went to it again this year that's pretty much like the best thing it's kind of a little pricey but you know you get to hang out with everybody and meet all the cool people when everybody's there and it's really good information you know like the first year i went to that i was like Writing everything down, you know, like I wanted to have all the information written down, like I was learning so much. And this year I went to it and I was like, okay, this is awesome because I learned a lot that time and I've been learning stuff the whole time since then. And now I'm like, I know, like, you know, not everything they're talking about, but I know, like, a lot, like, you know, 70% probably. I know the basis of everything, so I could just listen and like take in the new stuff and like add it to the base base knowledge already so that was really nice. And just to get to hang out with everybody is always fun. Um yeah the Gems and Genetics is this weekend. That's a new one. That
3: should be pretty sweet. Like you said, the camping ones are worth that. I love that shit. Um oh the compost cup have you heard of that one? Not until
0: uh herb conscious farms came on he had brought spoke of it but until then i hadn't heard of it
1: yeah that's where i met him actually yeah that's that's gonna be some cool shit because the last year was the first year and i was actually like on the q a panel for composting which that was pretty cool that was like the first thing i ever did of anything And we did, like, they did, like, all these demonstrations, like, going through all the IMO stuff and, you know, inoculating and wood chips. And we went through the woods and did, like, a mushroom walk through the woods. And we did it at night. And they had, like, fucking these mushroom flashlights that are, like, they're, like, more than just UV flashlights. But, like, the UV ones will, like, there's certain mushrooms in the woods that, like, glow. They're, like, fluorescent or whatever it is and they had one of these lights that had like this thing on it and these mushrooms and we're walking through the dark there's like 25 people and we're pretty pretty much everybody had uh, indulged in some mushrooms at this point I think (laughs) we're just like this big group of people going through the woods with like these glowing mushroom lights and they're looking for mushrooms that are glowing and I was tripping balls pretty much. Uh, it was it was a real good time. <laughs> and I was learning stuff still, <laughs> you know, like at that point I was still learning stuff. Like, this is awesome. But yeah, just a lot of good, all the compost stock, all the soil stuff, you know, all the regenerative type stuff. And that one's very reasonably priced. And it's a camping event
3: also.
2: I can't remember when it is, but it's, uh, I don't know, like a month, like
1: right before harvest pretty much, like outdoor harvest time. Somewhere around then. that. So I remember last year, I was like, man, if it was like three more weeks, I could like have some fresh bud here. <laughs> but it wasn't ready. So that time, that's like how, that's like how my scheduled brain works in summertime. It's just like everything goes based off of when the plants are
0: like the growing
2: time.
3: That's
0: it's a grower's life right there, man. You know, and uh, in a small way, I'm kind of envious, man. You know, you have that buffer as an outside grower, man. Like, yeah, you know, as long as they're wet, whatever, you know, harvest time isn't till fall. But then there's that crunch time that I'm not envious of, but it's Seriously. harvest time
1: for this you guys out there.
0: Like- uh, yeah. Not envious of that at all
1: so. <laughs> And now I've added like I used to be like you know I'd finish trimming and like get everything harvested and then I'd have like winter and I would chill. But now I have my washroom in the garage out- outside which is an uninsulated like garage so I just wash when it's cold. So basically now all winter <laughs> I'm gonna be still processing everything that I harvested you know what I mean like we'll get through the bud flower, and trim it and then get to the freezers and start running through all that shit so now winter is just wash wash and pressing. so now it's like pretty much yeah summer is like my slow time now so right now it's like about to be crazy playing and getting everything out so even this weekend I'm like I got to get everything ready for this show, but I should be outside bucking around in
3: the beds and getting plants out there. It's about time. I should have them out already. (laughs) But it was 30 degrees last night. Yeah, it was
0: 32 up here, man. Yeah, a little cold for
2: sure.
1: Yeah, last year I had the plants out pretty early. It was a little warmer, but I had like one greenhouse just totally battened down, and I had uh, just like a little propane heater going in there that I would turn on at night just to get them through. But it was getting to like 60s and 70s during the day, so and it was like 40s at night, 30s, 40s. So like they were kicking it during the day. They were I was I would open the size on the greenhouse during the day, but it was still like needed propane at
3: night. So it was kind of like, yeah should I fight it or should I just leave them inside until it's, you know? But I will say, those are the biggest plants I ever grew. So, getting them out there is definitely the way. If you're going full term, you know? Full season. But,
2: a lot of families.
0: I can only bet so, do you actually do anything with besides compost the leaves? Uh, do you do anything with the fans? Uh, you juicer, you <laughs> juicer?
1: Uh, I I actually want to get a juicer, and I would definitely put leaves in there because I could I could make gallons of that stuff <laughs> freshly juiced.
2: I'm I basically cross family- the.
1: When the fan leaves, when it gets to the time when I got to start pulling them, it's like I'll, like, close my eyes and all I see is fan leaves. We're like, this is how it is now. (laughs) Oh, God, get me out of here. But, again, I'm outside pulling fan leaves off of giant weed plants. I can't really complain.
0: (laughs) True that. True that. Yeah, so I could see probably not wanting to do A whole lot with them.
1: Get
2: them out of here. I I
1: just throw them on the ground, like on the bed. I leave them right there. Unless there's like some real bad bugs or something. But I think I finally started figuring that shit out after two years ago, and I got fucked by the aphids. Aphids came in, the ants were there, the ants were fucking guarding the aphids. It's like a whole thing. It was bad. Lost a lot of shit
0: that year.
3: Oh, yeah, you know, you
0: got it bad when you see them two together. The oh, fucking yeah. ants like the sugars that the fucking aphids leave behind. So they're, they're buddies, you know? Yeah, they'll
1: like protect you, the aphids from other shit. They'll like kill other shit that's trying to eat the aphids
3: because they're like, no, nah, this is, these are, this is our food source. <laughs> they're our slaves. <laughs> fucking ants. Yeah. yeah. I
0: don't know. it some point man I really do hope to get outdoors and do something on that scale at that point man at least for me I hope I'm in to the part of the journey where uh, I'm I'm outdoor cultivating for more of the rehab reason that I, I I've I've seen the power of cultivation not necessarily on multiple levels i honestly think the cultivation side has every bit of the healing power or medicinal weight as the consumption of cannabis does to be honest with you you know when you're out there pulling those leaves i bet you you ain't thinking about <laughs> The stress of the world or anything else, man. Oh, You're listen. Thinking to the
1: fucking in here, like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> this is nice. And,
0: and it, yeah, it yeah. And it, there's that's some that's a very healing right there, man. You know what I mean? If you can walk through and walk into a garden and lose your anxiety, your stress. You're on the healing path already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Because it also
1: brings its own stress, like, a lot. But, you know, it is. All right. I'll give you that. But but like you're saying, it's totally true. Like, uh, when I'm just out there working, like, I'll forget about, you know, obviously there's, like, way more shit than I can ever do all the time. So it's just, like, I just have to accept that. And then when I'm just out there doing it. And not thinking about anything, just like listening to the birds, falling leaves, smelling the fresh air. Like this is, this
3: is where this is like this, seems right. this is right. That's where I'm supposed to be. This is good for me, you know. And I might be able to, like you know, keep
1: making a living doing it. So it's, like, it's just a like win-win.
0: <laughs> well, and in my my mind, what well, I'd like to really see, you know, I've never been real refu- few or I guess the path hasn't been the money, you know what I mean? The dollar, the industry aspect of it really hasn't necessarily been the draw. It's always been necessarily, even from the day, like as you've kind of talked about earlier, you know, it was to try to keep, you know, keep us in stock you know what i mean you bought that out so you can flip it so i have mine basically like i
1: cared more about Uh, that than stacking up a pile of cash you know i was like like that's great
0: and i think i'd be happy later in life with that on a larger scale you know just kind of fucking teaching people the healing power through the cultivation side and even if it came down to calling in that group at the end of harvest that's you like you were talking about and going you know what what you what you what you harvest is yours and as long as i've got some to tide me through the next year we're cool you know what i mean you guys have learned something in the end you know i sustained you're gonna sustain teach somebody else you know what i mean i'd be cool with that. i would be absolutely 100 percent cool with it You know, and I think that it applies in so many ways Now, you know, they knew in the 70s, this is the part that pisses me off about this. When I learned this fact in the 70s, they knew that horticulture had that healing aspect to it. They knew that they could treat people with anxiety, returning vets with what they didn't term then, you know, PTSD, with the stresses that they were having from there. Not only that, the healing power of you could use it as well from people recovering from harder drugs. You know what I mean? Learning how to sustain and keep, you know, themselves with cannabis as well as healing. You know what I mean? Use RSO full spectrum. to wean off other drugs and then teach themselves, heal themselves as they learn how to cultivate the plant. All of which I think would apply from again, anxiety to people coming out back from war or prison, I think would be a cool setup to have like a non-profit <laughs> farm like that would be that would super be cool. And I think you
1: can get a bunch of people to like pitch in here and there and help out with it you know
3: like just different growers that have knowledge and you know can help <clears throat> uh, actually i again that's my you know my stance on it is
0: i'm very much medical these days you know the healing power of the plant both medical and through the cultivation side of it is still the drum I'm beating so you know to each their own i you know I, I i have no quorums within the people that use it as recreational partying again people that drink alcohol whatever to each their own but again you know as far as cannabis goes that's very near and dear to my heart because i've lost so many through bullshit drugs to be honest with you
2: <laughs>
1: sure yeah i mean it's it's the one to stick with, that's for sure, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, and it's, like, I I just am happy to be able to grow it, and, like, work with it every day, like, that's, I'm just happy to be able to make it what I do, and sometimes I have to, like, you know, look at the bottom line, as much as I don't ever want to, but it's, like, if I'm going to keep doing it every day, and not do anything else, then, you still gotta make it work and still be,
3: you know, okay with everything. But sometimes you just have to do shit and like, all right, we'll see what happens here. Good it's good if it
1: you know you make the money and you're not happy with yourself, then don't do it. <laughs> but I've never had that problem. Like I you know, I'm as honest as I can be about
3: everything. It's straight up. But You gotta make you gotta make a living somehow. I'm, about it.
1: I'm just like every day I'm like I can't believe I can still do this this is fucking awesome <laughs> I don't want to be doing anything else that's for sure I just kind of came up I just kind of came up here and started doing it and like kind of figured well if it doesn't work out I'll get a job or whatever you know but I'm like okay it's still here it's still working it's getting better every year okay okay you know I mean Definitely, definitely going to be growing it one way or another forever. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, just for myself.
0: <laughs> Call me shallow, uh, but uh, <laughs> there is like two things I see that I've seen achieved in my lifetime, and I was like almost at that point, like. That's it. I'm fucking happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was like cannabis being, you know, legal or being able to grow quasi like, and fireworks in Michigan. I was like, I can blow shit up and smoke weed at the same time. Like, I'm here. No. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. I'm
1: <laughs> uh, Sometimes you just gotta step back and be like. Yeah, no, this, is, this is pretty good. Like, you know, you can always want more, but
0: you don't always need more. Simple man. The Simple Man song. Simple man, simple life, man. That's all I asked for right there. <clears throat> and the, the weed definitely helps keep
2: everything in perspective. You know?
3: Yeah. definitely something uh, about being, being around weed plants too. I kind of forget about that
1: sometimes, but like that's definitely a thing. You know, because like especially when you bring somebody that's never been around a weed plant and they're like all of a sudden surrounded by weed plants that are just like well, you can see like it's like affecting them. Like whoa, you're like feeling some shit sometimes. Like, okay. Especially if they're stoned. I mean, maybe not if they don't smoke weed, but that definitely happened to me. I remember the first few. It sounds out.
3: like uh,
0: you you just get waking up into kind of the uh, the culture itself. To be honest with you, I mean, uh, it sounds like you've been to a couple of events, but wait till you know you kind of get into it more vending and stuff like that. Uh, the more people you meet firsthand, man, you really. Michigan has a huge, rich canon community.
1: Dude, I've met sick, so many man. people
3: just in the last year, for real. It's wild, yeah. Good. <laughs> I get forward to looking for the events,
0: man. They're each one's almost like a fucking family reunion or like a family event. And shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, like all, dude, all the regenerative people. Like I'm already like I literally I'm like well. I probably shouldn't go to this one, but I want to go see all these people because we're all doing shit all the time anyway. But, like, you get to see people at the events because we all, you know, make time. And it's, like, I already feel like that just from the few things I did last year. And, like, it's, it's great. I'm looking forward. It's just getting bigger, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, Good. man, you know, that one thing I thought was super cool about Michigan and the events in general was we were able to fucking limp our way through the pandemic. You know, a lot of places didn't have the opportunities that we had throughout the last few years in Michigan. And we kept our events they weaned down a little bit, but they were still going. And the uh, region conference got got taken out two years. But I think we're about right on the, the the full circle of that where this year and probably next year, we're going to see that explosion again, of fucking just events everywhere. Fun, fun can of related stuff to do like every weekend. And that's, um uh, good culture, good fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already like,
1: booked for more shit than I ever like to be for the whole summer, you know? Like, usually, I'm just like, I don't like to leave the farm at all. If at all is possible. <laughs> but now that I'm, like, starting to do the vending, it's like, okay, this is definitely worth it. And it's great to see everybody and just learn new stuff every time, you know, whether you're vending or just at the events. Every time
3: I learn to meet new people. So I guess this would be a perfect time to ask,
0: uh since you are kind of suggesting that you will be vendoring at this weekend's event, what will you have available there? Huh?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it. Uh, so there will be
3: plenty of rosin. Um, lots of the boss scotting. Grease monkey. Let's see. I don't know. There's a few other ones. You're going to have to come smell them for yourself.
1: Um, there'll be grease monkey flour and there's grease monkey rosin. That's probably my favorite bud that I have. I'll just bring a bunch of that. And then I'll have some various gummies with different types of ingredients. Rosin, and mushrooms, some of them have both <laughs> and chocolate bars with all of that, all that stuff. So yeah, if you're trying to have a groovy night, you can definitely stop by my table and get all the stuff you need. And I'm thinking oh, about yes. doing, uh, I'm thinking about doing a couple of, uh, like, basically like a party box, like a party pack, where it has like all like a gram or two grams of each of the rosin's, and then like some bud, and then like some joints. I think I'm gonna do some like donut joints too. They're calling them. I've always known them as like a snake in the grass. Put a big, big snake of rosin in a joint. I, uh, like a, I think I'm going to do like eighth, an eighth of weed in the joint and like a gram of rosin. And they're, you know, they'll be pretty, pretty stout.
3: But I'm going to do the party boxes and then I have one sec. Yeah, I absolutely love the, the weave and uh
0: hash. that's for sure.
1: I that's a cool-ass
0: hat, man. Yeah, so
1: there's like five of these. So they're going to be in each of the party packs. So like, if you want one of these hats, you got to get the party pack. I'm going to make more, but I just did like a test run and they came out pretty sweet. I got this one too. This one's like stitched in. I like this one, but yeah. Just kind of like, I like fucking with. Trying new shit. I'll probably get a bunch of hats made here
3: soon. Let's see. Right on, man. I dig
0: it. As somebody that's kind of fucked around with merch like that, man, that stitch shit is so much more expensive than.
1: (laughs) Well, dude, these these (laughs) things were like on a smoking deal. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's pretty cheap. So I got a bunch of those and I was like, ooh, they got a stitched one pretty decent price so I got one for me and I'm like we'll see how it looks you know because I've ordered stuff and it's like oh this isn't this is like shitty you know this is not what I was expecting like the material or whatever so sometimes I'll just get one thing and see
3: how it looks even though it always costs more if you just get one
0: (laughs) so are you do you will you have your own booth will you be sharing a booth will it be Yeah. The strangely rooted
1: I'll have, so I'll have how are this, they gonna find? I got a I got a canopy. It says "strangely rooted" on the canopy. I'll have a table with like I got a runner thing that goes on the table, so it'll have the,
3: the logo, like a black tent. Okay. <laughs> and wow, again, because they? they're asking in chat, I don't know what it is
0: about this event, but I've had it's what gems. What is the event again? Gems and genetics. Gems and genetics. It sounds so fucking easy to remember, but every time I've been asked, I'm like, gems and uh, fuck, shit. I'll get back with you on that because <laughs> they're asking in chat. They want to know yeah. when it, you know that, how they can find that it. Sarns Resort. I don't know. So uh, on the west side, we have a lot of Michigan viewers, so hopefully that you'll run into a few. If you're looking, tell them you seen him on the show for one. Say, "Hey, what's up, man? I seen you on the fucking show, man. I seen for you sure. on fucking talking shit."
1: Yeah, and uh, I have some of these holographic stickers. So if you want one of those,
0: come see me. <laughs> so Smiley's asking, "Where is it, though? I know it's not just north of uh, Grand Rapids, right?"
1: Um. Yeah, like, just northwest. Like, Sarns Resort is the, like, camp resort thing that it's at. That's what it's called. S-A-R-N-S Resort. So you could probably just type that in. Um,
3: Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, three hours for me, so. Oh, you must be way down there. No, I'm, like, I'm just north of Flint. Oh,
1: really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice, yeah. Nice. What
1: about
2: you?
0: I am just south of Grayling, kind of uh, north okay. between Grayling and Holt Lake, I guess, in that area. Okay. I'm from I'm from Genesee County, though, okay. uh, It's my stomping grounds. I might be drawn back that way, as I was just down there yesterday for because uh, I, I I'm up. Uh, from again, Genesee, all over Genesee County. i you know, no people in Flint, Cloud, Montmorris, Flushing. I'm very, mm-hmm. I know all the back roads. It's, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're I'm all frequent in yeah. that area. <laughs> uh, very, I know the area very well. So my daughter is actually, uh, I mean, I'll be a grandfather this year. And I was Great. down there for her, her diaper party yesterday. And she's trying to draw me back downstate. Mm -hmm. Love my daughter, man. They they can be so selfish sometimes, man. I'm like, get the fuck out of the city. She's like, no, come back down here. I'm like, "Uh." I don't
1: I don't like going south at all. Like I I like going north. That's it's better.
0: Uh, unfortunately, I'm a sucker for my children, and at this point, she's kind of winning the war. So, I may well, be back a, down there reason. this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. More central, though. I've missed a lot of events because, for me, man, most of that shit, man, to go down towards like the Hash Bash and Paw Pawpaw. Paw. Paw has got a lot of great events down there, Rainbow Farms and shit that, you know, mm-hmm. sound good, but, man. We talked about the garden there and the indoor versus outdoor. You know what I mean? Plant always on your mind. What's the plant doing when you're in fucking indoors, man? That's that's all the time. Security, you know what I mean? You don't go from home, man. I go to events most times a lot of even if they're camping. I had there's a fucking camping event, Bigfoot. Wasn't far from here, and rather than stay, I'm like, nah, I gotta go check the garden and shit. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> fucking twenty minutes away and shit. Still, fucking, ah, I can't do it. I gotta go check the garden. So that's
1: that's the thing about outdoor. Once you get that shit going out there, it's like in the in the in the peak of just growing. You know, they're just doing their thing, and pretty much nothing's gonna fuck them up unless something real bad happens. You know, you don't, That's have, why to, you I don't was have to worry about that. shit overflowing and stuff out there. It's just like, it just kind of happens.
0: There's where I was saying I'm envious of the outdoor grower. The freedom of the outdoor grower. Yeah, right I mean, there, I still don't man. like to
1: leave for more than like a day or, you know, a, a night or two, but I will, you know, I'll have somebody check on stuff, but yeah,
0: I can water. Again, you guys kind of got that crunching time, though. I mean, if they're in the ground, they're pretty well, all right, until they start flowering, you know?
1: Only an asshole
0: would fuck with your plants at that point, I think.
1: (laughs) Mother nature. (laughs) True, true. Get fucking, like, hail and mold and, you know, bugs.
3: But I feel like if the plants are healthy, most of that's not a huge issue. And again, as far as like the bugs and stuff go, I'm just like, again, dipping
0: my feet into like the regenerative mindset and shit like that. But in that, again, from what I understand, the regenerative part of it all is kind of putting things in place and letting it all kind of like equal out. You know what I mean? And so a couple years into it, you know, your cannabis journey there, do you find like the bugs have kind of, lifted nature's you know even its way out this eats that you know what i mean somewhat
1: um i mean i think like it's just like each year can be different especially for like different bug pressure but it's like it could just be like a crazy year for aphids or whatever and they could come in watch it up but um i think it's mostly just like being better at paying attention to it and like not trying to react right away. Like if you like if I see some aphids, say I'm like trimming up the lowers and stuff, and I'm you know on the ground kind of I see like aphids on the cover crop or like maybe on the lower branches. If it's just a few, I'm like, okay, just keep going, whatever, no big deal. If I see a few more, okay. If I see a ton, then I'm like, well, that's not good. But, like, if I see a few and then I see, like, there's a ladybug, you know, because there's always ladybugs out there. And they eat the aphids, you know. So, I'm like, okay, I got some aphids. I got some ladybugs. That's good. That seems right. That's, like, you know, and there's a bunch of other stuff that I don't really know a whole lot about. But, (laughs) you know, that's just, like, it doing its thing right. Like, there should be some. It shouldn't be, like if there's no aphids, that's great, but if there's some aphids, that's, like, I feel like that's just how it's gonna be. That's just nature being nature. It's fine. As long as nothing gets, like, out of balance, like, out of control, that's when you start to have problems, you know? Like, all of a sudden you see fucking tons of aphids in one spot in the corner of the greenhouse
3: and, like, two plants. It's like, oh, fuck, okay, this is not good. But if they're just here and there, like, I don't worry about it at all. Like, whatever. but it's just like did you you tell me I know you told me uh,
0: what you harvested last year Uh, that's kind of where we started the conversation but what's on did you tell me what's on deck for this year
1: no I don't know what all I got through last year when (laughs) we did harvest but
3: yeah this year there's
1: I'll start with the seeds. I got, um, have you heard of Rising Moon Medicinal? He's in Michigan. He's a Dempure. You you know that? Dragonfly medicine people. Dempure certified. He's one of the Michigan Dempure guys. Him in the Swampy Acres. And Then like Michigan Regenerative Farmer. They're all cool dudes. uh, He's been
0: at Michigan regenerative farmer. So as oh, Dragonfly man. Earth Medicine's been on as well. Oh hell yeah, yeah they're great.
1: What was it? What were we talking about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I sidelined, I guess. There, uh, what you were gonna drop this year? You were talking
1: about uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. seeds. What? Oh yeah, okay. Rising Moon Medicinal. I got some of this stuff. So I got the gray patch plant, and then I got pine hem sap, which is like. I'm probably botching all of these. I can't remember all the names of it, but I got like three different ones from him. One's like MD by Sour Best Shit Ever 78 or something. I don't know. I'm like pretty bad with strains, honestly. So that's his stuff, what I can remember.
3: (laughs) And then uh, I got some seeds from uh, Ross, a Fresh Co. Seed Co.,
1: I got some shit from him at the regenerative conference. He just like gave me some seeds.
3: Uh, The Gorilla Butter F1 I think. F1V2 or something.
1: He gave me two packs of that so I popped 12 of those. And then uh, Miracle Icing or Marathon Icing which is like Marathon OG by like Garlic Icing or something. I'm not actually positive what those are but i tried to ask him but i couldn't remember
3: like i said i'm pretty bad with trees. <laughs> so i think that's all the seeds i popped so then clones let's see i have blow drops,
1: which is a new one i haven't run that yet but one of my buddies hooked me up with it and he said that's like a six percent washer and it's like, you know, the
2: tropicana and whatever blow pop.
3: So it's got the more fruity. I like that. And I like having those to dab on. It's nice to break it up from like the gas. Um
1: so the blow troughs. I got melted strawberry from him too. I haven't grown that yet either. I'm excited about that one. I got the ice cream cake I told you about. I got the
3: Grease Monkey. And those are clones that I've kept going. And then the Cherry. Yeah, first Class Fong. Uh, wedding men There's more. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know. I got way oh,
0: too many. Man. I find it refreshing, to be honest with yeah Be honest, seriously, because I'm that way myself, man. I have nothing but respect for all those cats that can fucking just off, right off the cuff be like, oh, that, yeah, that's blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I ain't that dude. And, and then he I'm gave
3: not
1: him this cut, and that's this one from over here. I'm like, what? Like, how do you fucking know all that?
3: Yeah, that blows my mind. even the
0: shit in it. my garden they like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like hold on let me get my book I wrote it down that's how I <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like I write everything down like five times you know in like different spots like okay especially with the outdoor stuff like I'll like put it I'll put a tag in the ground on the plant I'll have a tag around the thing I'll have it written down I'll have it like written down in each aisle and like By the time it comes time to harvest, I got like maybe one of each, you know, like everything either gets like broken, the sun fades it, it blows away. You know, it's like by the time it's over, I'm like, okay, I got a map where I write everything down. So it's like, this plant is this in case all the tags
2: blow away or whatever. Triple mark everything.
3: Especially outside. I don't know how yes. I, I, I don't know about the
0: triple mark, but it sounds very wise. I don't know how many times I've either put my, my labeling stick in a pot. And it's either sank down in between, you know, next to the pot in the fucking whatever sank down and i am just kind of lost it or forgot to put the tag in there or just whatever I've sprayed off the fucking name or the writing on on the tag on the marker itself and I oh, just yeah. no longer can read it. That's where clones from them plants now are labeled fuck fuck one and fuck <laughs> yeah, two <right>. until <laughs> <laughs> <Well, fuck. laughs> yeah, until harvest and then I can go, oh fuck one with jelly bean. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> Go
0: back through the book and clarify some shit up real quick. All right, all right. I know where I'm at again. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens. I can respect the triple
1: marking, y'all. Well, like, outside, it's just, like, shit gets crazy, and the sun just fucking destroys everything. You know, it's hard to mark stuff out there. But like I've had the on those huge plants last year, I had those like tags that you like loop around, you know, around the stalk or whatever on a branch. And it just kind of like the plastic kind of goes through a hole and holds itself. So I have it on like the biggest setting I had in Walmart. And the, on the big plants, those things snapped and they were just because the plant just outgrew it and then they just broke and they were like, you know, they were big. I was like, oh shit, the tags broke off. Never had that happen before. That was cool.
3: And monsters nice problem to
0: have right there did you try to uh save or do something with them with that in particular carcass or those carcasses man that's that's like those I are that's a trophy did. carcass right there man yeah i just posted a thing on my
1: story the other day i was just clearing out the beds and i was getting the carcasses out of there basically and uh yeah i thought about like one of those I could have. I thought about like drilling it out and making like a bong out of it or something, because it was like some solid wood. You know, <laughs> like you could make some shit with it. I might try and do that this year. They're pretty
0: much oh, shit. out now. I think it'd be funny. We need to start it. Strangely rooted. The we'll fucking the. Like mounts, just like fucking deer racks and shit, you know, trophy mounts up your fucking and yeah. <laughs> yes. a bunch of fucking on their wallet shit, just like a hunter would do and shit. Yeah, that, that was 2022 right there, man. Fall harvest, <laughs> dude. So
1: one cool thing I did, I've done it two years now. My brother brought me a deer head. And like one way to clean a deer head is you can like bury it. And he's like, well, yeah, you just like bury it in the ground. And I'm like, well, how about we bury it in one of my beds? And he's like, okay. And so I buried the deer head in my bed, and you like leave it buried for a year, and then you pull it out, and it's like clean, like all the microbes and the worms. And and so I did that, and plant had a plant growing on top of it. I didn't know what that plant was. It was like a random seed that I grew, and that was that year where I a bunch of random seeds so I just called it buck hunter <laughs> and it grew on top of a deer head and that plant was fucking huge dude and then we pulled the deer head out you know a year later and it was like when I harvested there was just worms everywhere like all over like fistful of worms <laughs> so I was like oh okay
3: they fucking like that and the root ball was right next to that I'm like that's fucking gnarly. That definitely worked. Didn't not work, I'll say that. <laughs> you think that's uh the grandma's boy? Do the, the deer
0: deer live on through the cannabis and shit. That's that's a weed right there
3: and shit. <laughs> oh fuck. That's great. <laughs> this weed is gonna turn you into a baboon. <laughs> what did say? Yeah, that's a great movie.
0: You never know, man. Nope. They, nope, they but say they can pull turps and all this shit from the soil. You never know.
1: That uh, I gave some of that to one of my other buddies that hunts, and he's like, he shot two deer, and he's like, I smoked Buck Hunter
3: before I went out hunting both times. I'm like, no shit. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Fred yeah. Bear smoking shit. I don't like the Buck Hunter, though. That's just good yeah
0: okay put me in the zone man i was in their head man i
1: was in
2: their head
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, literally (laughs) yeah the roots were like almost like growing into the skull it was pretty gnarly i was kind of hoping i could like pull it up and like you know I'd be like, this'd be, I feel like you could plant it right above and have it, and it would just be like, the roots would go right through, and you could pull it up, and the root ball would have, like, a skull in
0: it. I don't know. Pretty metal. <laughs> That'd be awesome to fucking dry and lacquer them all together, just having it set on a fucking
1: yeah. layout. That would be. That's what I'm saying. It'd be like, they'd have antlers, and then, like, the whole, like, weed plant would be more antlers. <laughs>
0: That that'd be pretty badass. That's kind of artsy, man. People buy that shit, man. People buy some shit like that for sure, man. So. Like, what the oh, uh, fuck is going on here? But,
1: like, especially you if you look it take it like, Wait, it to
0: where you were. How, how would you do? You that? were talking to like you could drill it out, make it a bong, and then on rooted right into that skull. Oh skull. man!
2: Yeah. You right named your nose.
0: price <laughs> at that point on that bad boy. They'd be, they'd be a taker. They would be a taker.
1: Oh, for sure. It would it definitely wouldn't be for everyone, but uh, yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I'm a skull guy. I am most definitely. And for, and at my age still, I'm still a skull collector. I have skulls. I have skull tattoos. I'm, I'm tatted probably from the tip of my toes to my hips and my elbow. I'm well tatted, but my legs, I bet you there's gotta be oh man, more than more than we can count skulls on my legs. Seriously. Buried in buried in there. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. So yeah, I'm definitely a skull. I might be that guy that stashes up that fucking pipe. Holy shit, man. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe I'll try
1: and do it. I think I got one out there right now. I'll put a plant right over top of it
3: and try to fucking aim it into the middle of the skull. Yeah. I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah,
0: I think yeah you could wash it out at the end. I think after they like pierced into it, I don't know. There'd be a way you'd be able to. Dude, the wor- the worms, maybe- the worms and
1: the bugs. Like it comes out clean.
0: No, I mean, well, there would be still soil in there, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, at yeah, one yeah. point you'd want to wash that out. I think you could, uh, sure. I think you could like dig it up, let it dry so the roots hardened and shit, and then kind of maybe rinse that out Dude, to where it's it just
1: those, be roots, roots and in skull. the And in the, in the outdoor plants are plenty hard. It's like the initial roots coming out of those things are basically like fucking branches.
0: That shit's crazy. They're not like, I actually, well, they, I, well just speaking to speaking of like really tough roots like that, at one point, um, well, Mr. Spliff was the gentleman that I actually started taking note of his technique for. And that was kind of like an up potting method. So basically, every time I transplanted to get more fuel out of the pot that I was using, the soil I was using. I would up pot, you know, basically leaving at least a third sticking up. Sure. Okay, and then what I, what happens in that process, through the up potting process, as you water over time, those what's above kind of gets exposed. You know what I mean? And each one of those roots kind of become their own little. Like plant, they harden off and just like yeah. branch out thicker and thicker as they deep drive down, like that. But I've had a lot of cool carcasses just from that. you know what I mean? Tearing oh, out. Yeah. But I
1: yeah, and I've seen them never, like down too, like underneath where it's just like crazy shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You get so those hard roots, like you're talking about, wrapping around that skull like that. Yeah, somebody would take that fucker in a second. Yeah,
1: I've seen people like plant stuff and like do like little bonsai weed stuff where there's like a sculpture and there's like a little statue thing or something in the plant and they like grow it around it and then
2: like a
3: guy in there or something, you know, like part of the part of the stock now. Cool shit, man. Yeah. Again, man, that plant's so damn hardy, man. You can you can do some cool shit with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and those big ass plants like that shit. <laughs> those roots are crazy, dude.
3: Yeah, like literally use like a sawzall to cut them. Probably a chainsaw would be better.
1: <laughs> like you ain't snipping those things with some loppers. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh shit! I legit need something like different. This isn't gonna work." Yeah. Oh man, no!
0: I ain't it's never seen cool. no pop can loupers. You know what I mean? That's
2: what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I was, I was very happy. Was thrilled, thrilled it all worked out. It was really hard to deal. Then there was definitely some rot with those huge plants,
3: but. I was just getting everything as fast as I could, you know, like, I can like do so much. If I could have gotten to him sooner, I could have gotten, but that's like, what would I have done with more? I
1: could barely, you know, deal with what I had as it was. Kind of crazy. Like just totally different problems that I've never had, like,
2: you know,
1: never thought I would ever have like okay
0: dream problems i think i I think any point if you look back at like smoking cannabis and what you thought you could do like as far as growing and shit i don't think that would ever been on the scale of problems (laughs) 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 i think back to like high school all the
1: time when i am smoking and i'm like if i could like seen then when i'm like you know scrounging around to try pull up a joint paper or something
2: like
3: where it is now I'm just like, like crazy. yeah a whole different world as it goes man the quality of just what we smoke from then
0: to now I mean how many times as a grower have you dropped a nug on the floor and thought, eh? Yeah. <laughs> eh, I don't know here. Fuck Yeah, I usually you know, get it on whatever. the floor. <laughs> just well, it's like,
1: I'm like past it out, like I don't even give a fuck. It's it's just as good. Depends on the floor, I guess.
0: I'm, I'm just saying we're a lot less picky. Right. You know what I mean? To where back in the day, you know seeds you would be scraping seeds and whatever we could find for that last joint to where I'm sure you may not agree with the the nug thing but I I bet you'll agree on the point
3: we throw away
0: (laughs) a lot more usable cannabis that the old us would be like hey man (laughs) 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 empty that tray right out yeah Yeah, let's just brush that off the (laughs) floor Yeah, clean it up. Good. I want a fresh tray. I don't want to even smoke that shit. Yeah. I've done it many a time.
1: <laughs> yeah, like when I'm when I'm harvesting, I'll do this thing. Like I have a jar that's just like when I'm harvesting and trying all the new weeds and like seeing if it's ready yet. So I'll like roll a joint, right? But then like I have the weed from the different strain before in the grinder. So like I'll put that all in one jar and just keep adding emptying the grinder so I can like, you know, cause I want to taste just the new strains. I've never tasted it before. So it's like, well, oh, dump all the weed into the grinder. And then after harvest, it's like this jar is full. And I'll just like, you know, roll joints. Or my brother comes over, like, he can just have him roll joints out of that. I'm like, yeah, it's, just, it's still good weed. But I've never been to where I'm like, well, I'm going to empty this grinder out so I can get this fresh weed. <laughs> it's like, it's never been like something I even thought would be a thing. Like, what are we doing here?
0: <laughs> it happens. It happens. I call that there the like the Turkish blend, basically what you got going there. Oh, a little yeah. bit of everything. It's... House blend, possibly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, usually, it's like whoever comes over and looking for some, looking for something to smoke. Like, <laughs> here you go roll up out of that and the, but sometimes it's like they'll roll one out of there and i'll be smoking i'm like oh this one's good as fuck it'll be like some layer in there
3: you know that had some really crazy shit mixed with something else oh what you drinking there my friend Drinking water now. I was drinking coffee earlier,
1: and then I was drinking a beer.
0: I'm drinking water. What kind
3: of what kind of uh, beer do you drink? Bush lattes. (laughs) Very valid.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like all the beers, but. That's what I drink normally. I'm unashamed Bushlight drinker. <laughs> if you want one this weekend, come find me. I'll give you one.
0: I definitely have drinking many of Bush myself back in the day. I haven't drinking a while, but
3: back in the day, I most definitely am drinking quite a few Bushes. Not I, bad. Like, I like everything. I just what I remember. I just like a cold, a
1: cold, nice, cold beer, easy to drink, and they're cheap. And I'll give any, I'll give anybody one. You know, <laughs> give
3: fuck, I'll give. I'll them out. I'll go there get more. Go. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a cool guy
0: right there. Appreciate that, man seemed like a fun gentleman to hang out with i don't know why they wouldn't come look you up this here weekend
1: oh yeah it's gonna be a party for sure
0: look forward to it i hope i hope for cannabis purposes they asked you what you got a cannabis before they asked you for the beer though
1: <laughs> oh yeah they
0: always do I'm rooting for the cannabis cooler. I'm rooting for the cannabis cooler myself. For sure. Yeah, the beer's just a
3: side incidental kind of thing, you know. Just something to wet your whistle. That's all. <laughs> the weed's what we're here for. Me, anyway. Yeah, that sounds like a fun event. I'm so
0: glad that uh, a lot of these folks are, you know, willing to put themselves out there to start some of these events because, man, there's a lot of hoops to jump through to get this shit to pop off. That's for sure. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's uh, – I'm just happy to be going to them and doing it. I don't know what's going to happen with all of that in the future. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it just is cool, you know. Somebody was just telling me um, somewhere in California, they're talking about having it so that you could like sell weed at a farmer's market, just like same way you sell your produce, like with, with the, you know, at the same market though. So you go to like the real farmer's market and sell weed there, which would be great. That would just be making it like how it should be. You know what I mean? The farmer's market model is pretty solid for farmer to customer. There's not a ton of hoops you have to jump through. I mean, who knows how they're gonna do it, but I feel like that's like what these events should be going towards, right? Just like anybody can come and bend and you know, pay a little beer or whatever, and not get charged an arm and a leg to try and sell someone some weed.
0: <laughs> right now. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the the market style, the farmers market style, the caregiver market, you know, thank goodness that there is still a few places there in, you know, Central Michigan, uh, Flint, uh, Genesee area where you can still caregivers are allowed to, you know, have the club, or you know, almost the farmer's market type, yeah, atmosphere.
1: like the vehicle city and stuff like that. G3. Uh-huh.
0: So, yeah. take just on a funny side note and to kind of you know, put myself right in some crosshairs here, <laughs> but uh, I actually was one of the first people in Michigan to help start the first farmer's market here in Michigan, right in Clio, like right like, there at 57 and 75 right there, where the Taco Bell and the Walmart and all that is right there. There, if you you, probably know the location that I'm talking about, yeah. there's a, the Taco Bell, the KFC and all that, and now yeah. there is again an rv place right back there well at one point at 2007 there was a, a rv place that went under right there and myself and a bunch of friends uh took over that building and started what we called at the time the cri or the cancer research institute and we uh tried to do a whole in-house type setup to where we actually had a doctor there once a week trying to get people licensed, get their medical license. We had a big screen TV set up to where you could come and hang out if you were a member and fucking watch TV. And we had like a little gym set up to where you could work out. We, We tried to like have a one and all setup, but we started a farmers market there in 2007, right when this thing was fucking first kicking off uh, at that location. Until it got scary, Kyle really clamped down on us and scared us off. Man, uh, town meetings every week, and they they definitely run us right out. But it was. It was a fun time, man. I love them cowboy days. Definitely the backpack. I miss the backpack days. <laughs> I, fucking miss it, I dude. so so miss it. <laughs> yeah. I
1: definitely
3: miss
0: that.
1: I like once I got It was up always here, started-
3: fun to see. Oh, uh, you illegal. can
0: identify with each other when you pass by with the backpack. You kind of knew, oh, there's another caregiver, especially if you could hear the clink of a jar. You knew. <laughs> kind of gave that. I love out. that. <laughs> you go to any of the
1: weed shows, everyone's got backpacks and clinking around.
0: <laughs> yeah. The funniest moment I had during that era is, oh, I had transmission go down in my truck, my Dodge, and I would taken it in and dropped it off uh, in uh, Flint there, actually. And I'm sitting there, and I had once and over my, you know, truck to make sure I didn't have any cannabis stuff in the truck, you know what I mean, because I was handing it off. And as I'm sitting there, in the lobby, this cat comes in with the backpack <laughs> between his legs clink, 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 and I was like mm, how you doing? I knew exactly it shit, fucking, it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a good conversation though, it was one of the funner, fun or funner waits I've had in like a lobby in a while what you growing? You can't hide it at that point. What you, what you got in the bag, man. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm hoping that that comes around, you know what I mean, at some point that we can legally open up. You know, I think that the the legal market will get so bland or blah they'll have no no choice but to resurrect some type of craft market or the ones that have sustained will boom you know for that reason right
1: there yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how everything plays out like in the long run you know because it really should just end up like how farmer market you know how you can just go sell vegetables if people want to do it at that scale, but yeah, I guess I don't know what you do it. It's gonna obviously there will be the rack market, there will be everything. You know, you'll have fucking Walmart of weed everywhere, but then there will still be like, you know, people growing good weed. <laughs> and people still gotta be well, able that, to get that.
3: There's just something
0: to be upset about, like that point that we've talked about again. Early in this episode, how we like our cannabis. I kind of like it on that fresher side, and you kind of, you know, admitted too. There's that sweet spot between freshness and long-term cure, where it's still sticky. You know what I mean? That if it, it's got to stick to the scissors. Your scissors got to. <laughs> i barely pull apart. Your scissors should look like this. You know what I mean? There should be cannabis stuck on there. You shouldn't poof. it shouldn't be a magic trick when you scissors in it that it breaks itself all up (laughs) yeah
1: and that's pretty much all like post post post-harvest you know maintenance or whatever you want to call it paying attention to everything i mean the buds got to be good to start with but i've had some strains where it's like i don't see how this bud could ever dry out it's just like so sticky and it's like uh, you know, there's like, even if all the water was out of it, there's so much trichome and it's just like
3: gunky, you know? I don't know. I wanted to see if that would ever dry out, but it didn't last long enough. Big <laughs> That's my favorite canvas right there. Yeah. The, the
0: grease, you know what it's I mean? I think sticky. Yeah. <sighs> And there's, in my opinion, there's more fats and lipids and shit. I think that's what the grease is, you know, in those mm-hmm. buds. A little less trichomes, but a little bit more fats and lipids and shit that are holding in the terpenes, got that grease, you know. Yeah, and it's like you can tell in the,
1: it burns, you know, it's you a thick smoke. Like some shit's light,
3: but it's not light. But like, I like it. That's the full melt hash right there, man. That bud <laughs> right there. You know you yeah, got man. gold if you can only pull that bag once without having
0: to clean it or something. You don't even have to let it dry at anything. You have to wash that bag after one pull. It's all sticky as you pull it out. You got You got some gold in that bag.
1: Yeah, fucking washing hash is crazy, dude.
3: So how do you, uh, are you,
0: how, I never asked you that. I mean, you said you kind of invested a little bit there, but uh, what's your method? Do you got? Uh, did you buy a machine? Are you uh, hand washing And you know, in a, so what's your method?
1: I did, like I started off just hand washing. Like I did a couple
3: runs hand wash. Just like a couple washes just to see. And then I was like, you know, this is kind of a pain
1: in the ass. Then I got the machine and then I like fucking rigged that thing all up, you know, got rid of the pump and all that shit. So it was just like straight tube out of the bottom with that valve. And so I have the whole thing like inside of a four by eight tent out there in the garage. I have the tent surrounded by like inch and a half pink insulation you know like foam board and then I have a space heater on a temp controller inside of the tent because it was getting down to like you know below zero and I got like water lines and shit in there and my, my tall boy filters in there so I don't want it to freeze and then the bags don't work if they're fucking frozen I found out they don't work good at all
3: so, I just keep it at, like, 32, basically. And so, I have, like, a uh, what do you call it? Like, a stock tank. Like, a 100-gallon
1: stock tank. Just, like, a little one, though. That's inside of the 4x8 tent. And then I have, like, a piece of wood on top of that. With, like, foam in between. And then
3: the washing machine sits on top of that. And there's a sump pump inside of the tank. Underneath. On, a key like 5
1: Like, a pump sump I can turn on and off and it's hooked to the washing machine and then there's a Y and the other one's hooked to a like just a sprayer so I can hit the sump pump and spray the bags and then so the washing machine's on top it washes and then it comes out and it goes across the other side of the tent where there's another tote with the trash can so it just drains straight into the trash can
3: with the bags and that drains out into the
1: little drain that goes
3: outside and then, yeah I got this thing uh, that shakes the shakes the trash can
1: so there's like holes in the bottom of the trash can and that's in its own little tub thing with the drain
3: and my buddy has this he started this company it's called Shakerbot you can find them on Instagram or online and he's like got these little motors that fucking it's just like a you know the Shaker bot with the five motor. It's dope though,
1: and it, and so you like if you like if your bags are full of water, you just kick this thing on and it's fucking. I got it on like a you know like a router speed controller, like you can use for the fans. You just got it on one of those, so you can turn it up or down, and it fucking shakes all the water through, and
2: yeah.
3: So he just like hooked it up with that. And so I've never really had a problem. I've never, really, like, pulled the bags out full of water. I don't know. Apparently that's an issue. I haven't done that. <laughs> Usually I like to do
1: everything the hard way first, but that just seemed like it made a lot of sense. And you can, like, kick on the spray. You can kick on the shaker after all the water's through and spray while it's shaking. So it's, like, agitating while you're rinsing. So it's, like, any heads that aren't that size seems like that would get it through, really well
3: like efficiently, he's kind
0: of a little bit ahead of the curve there he's on the right path that's for sure uh i definitely know a lot of hash makers uh some of the ones that have you know kind of come up with a lot of today's modern techs and a lot of them that are coming up with new tech and you're right at he you him both are right on with that method there, of the kind of agitation motor there. <clears throat> but uh, see the, and again, I greatly appreciate it because I have and me myself and any hash maker most certainly have had uh, I, I, it to this day. I unless it, it I know I'm fun, gonna find something in that twenty bag, twenty five bag. I don't even fuck with it and even at that i have a couple of good methods to you know where i've learned to like shake lift and kind of on the on right. the down pull give yeah. a good quick pull you know what i'm saying yeah. i can empty a 25 the, in pretty I've good time i've seen
1: videos i've never had but,
0: to do it <laughs> you know what i mean but with that with that machine i can see how that would eliminate a lot of time a lot of hassle and shit <laughs> But this is what the future holds, I think. Um oh, yeah. two methods with what you're talking about, the agitation. I think at some point we're gonna fucking see it in the machine. We're no longer gonna necessarily be using ice or anything else. We're gonna find I said in fact I seen on TikTok the other day, yesterday, uh this little like it looked like a hot plate but you set water on it and it instantly froze the water. Okay. So I think at some point we'll be using something like that in a vibration method, like you're talking to fucking just shake that water and just Whoa. kind of, you know, vibrate it right off the plant matter. And then we'll be emptying it into <laughs> the bags. We'll just be skipping the ice. Uh, I feel like I think that'll be, that's yeah. going to be a thing. I feel like, and then, well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Indra's talked about on my on uh, some episodes where I've talked about him, and he wouldn't nail down the method because there's patent fights going on right now about this, mm-hmm. and that's the ultrasonic separation, which is a dry oh, method, man. and basically, you've seen the videos, basically where. They've dumped sand on a piece of metal, and then they played with the frequency to make, of course, yeah. geometric patterns yeah. and shit. They're going to use that that technology right there to be able to just dump a bunch of cannabis on a screen and find that sweet spot for trichomes. out <laughs> Yep, and just sink and be able to dry sift a whole batch. And everything else will just fall away. Yep
1: yeah they're like all right pinpoint trichome size
3: mm-hmm.
0: by 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 shaking by vibration size i think that's oh, gonna be right, they will be like fine. turn it up or turn it down you know what i mean dial it in per string yeah 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 that seems like
1: uh that sounds like it's gonna be expensive
0: well if you if you're you're doing large amounts and shit like that you know what i mean And then it more
1: or less as manufacturing comes through. That's the one thing, like it might work way better. That's then it's like, well, now you have to do it.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like, I mean, like we talked about earlier, man, if we can cut corners on these losses that we're taking on all these washes and shit like that and being able to retain more of the medicine itself, you know what I mean? The better off we're going to be. (laughs) it might be a little bit more in the initial and the upfront, but I think we'll get there at some point.
1: Yeah, I feel like one of the biggest things with the hash ice process is like the bags. Like initially to me, just looking at like how we're doing it, it's like the bags like they work, but I feel like it's not a great way to do it. Like if you could just have like a stainless screen and just Somehow, like, have a thing scrape over it without fucking up the tray comes. I think that's clearing the screen would be the problem. But if you could just have it, like, you know, you could have screens and then just have it, like, flow, flow out into, like, a chute or something. Collect it that way so you don't have to fucking deal with the bags. Like, it, you know what I mean? Seems like there should be a way to do that, like, stationary. It's just, like, how do you keep it, will, will it be all sticky, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of issues. But I feel like that's going to happen. It's
0: like hard
3: stainless screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I
0: hope so. Well, I had fucking one point they they talk about, or Sub talked about that. And it's even in one of the Mendo Dope songs. I think it's Hash. I am on Hash. Where the beginning of the song, uh, Sub talks about uh, when he initially had a friend that worked in a sugar plant. You know what I mean? And had those metal sifting things and they they were bringing them home one by one until they actually found one that actually worked well for cannabis. And they kind of run with that. I don't know. I'm
1: sure somebody's tried it. I don't know. Maybe somebody will.
0: We'll see. Yeah, it's, you know, as far as like the a bubble bubble hash is my method you know what i mean as far as but again as as i'm learning more and more about the cannabis plant i'm starting to second guess you know what i mean it's it's one of those things like as you learn things sometimes and you go back and reread a book you're like okay I didn't understand that point, you know, when I read the book the first time and now it's new things for me in the book. And my cannabis journey has been like that as well. And the differences in dry sift, wet, or bubble is becoming more like that. I think if I'm looking at it more as a medicine, I'm starting to lean more towards the dry sift flat out because there's less loss throughout the whole process. So even though I do, love the bubble hash. I think we're, again, we're losing too much medicine throughout the process, right off the bat, putting in the water, we're losing, you know, busting up those heads, we're losing plant matter terpenes to the water and shit that we can't reclaim. And then even more so as a worse tragic, in my opinion, just my opinion, I get a lot of hate for this. Squishing that hash one more time into rosin, all I see is loss, 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 loss. Even though you know you're getting a good product in the end, I think it's way far from medicine at that point. You know what I mean? I think at that point, it's recreation, even though it has some medical
2: value, well, it's so far away from
0: us. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's like, and the flavor, I mean, is out of control. That's what it's all about for me. To me, everything should be blind taste tests. I don't care who you are or what you do. Blind taste test first and then tell me something. I wish that was how, like, everything was. Because people just, like, look at stuff and then they're like, oh, that's not good or that's good. But it's like you could look at it. You could touch it. You could even smell it. And then smoke it. And, like, it's a whole different thing you know like I've smelled weed that looks great smells great smoke it and it's like smoke for shit you know or like the opposite I've like had grown weed where I'm like well this is not gonna be good you know rolling up like ooh that tastes pretty good way better than I would have ever expected like wouldn't have even tried to sell it just put it a, you know make RSO or something or whatever
3: then you smoke something like yo fire That's like Mr. Smiley,
0: Uh who's in chat there. Mr. Smiley, who's in chat there, was talking about that the other day. You know how people can scoff a little bit about you know what they think is the perfect bud. You know what I mean, as far as density and all that good shit. And then there's the times where you got them nugs that just don't look so good. But our fucking killer, you, and he was he was seat. telling us the story the other night. He was kind of uh, a ah, not nah, freaking, I guess that's a terrible word, but he was uh, so he went smart basically on a patient. So basically, he had some cannabis that it amazing strain, super potent. You know what I mean? but doesn't have that chunky, bud, dense, you know what I mean, bag appeal that a lot of people, unfortunately, base good cannabis on. He had uh, sl- slid him some pre-rolls, and, you know, on the return, you know, Man, that fucking shit's fucking good. What was that? Well, uh-huh. Well, it's... It wasn't that stuff that you were looking for it was this stuff you know what i mean i thought that angle was pretty cool you know what i mean to let them actually judge by effect before the eye yeah yeah and it's like that's
1: like with the rosin too you know people talk about the color and stuff all the time and it's like you really should just taste it and even with the effect too Like some stuff even doesn't taste good, but then like the high from it is just like,
3: whoa, like there's something special going on here, you know? So that's like a whole nother thing. Yeah, I'm definitely starting to notice that more, too. Yeah, I'd lost that fucking.
2: Yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah, no problem, man.
0: Cheers, everybody in chat. Mr. Greenfingers, Gus Gross, still hanging out even though you said goodnight long ago. Decoy Bacon, Miss Mother Nature's hanging out in chat as well. Cheers to you. Stony Creek, Nick AJ, welcome to uh, the show. Your new name there. Donkey Kong Kingdom, sorry for butchering your name last night during the shoutouts. Cheers to you, Mr. Tony Rockefeller. How are you doing this evening? Hopefully well, my friend. Who else we have here in chat? A bunch of great people. And, of course, Dr. Buzz Lightyear Acetone. Hopefully I touched a little bit on that question there, what you were trying to ask earlier. So I think we got a little bit of that out for you, my friend. James D. Weaver, cheers to you. How are you doing, my friend? Why is sustainable Jeff Papalik CJ Apple? A couple more awesome people right there, CJ. Man, I hope to catch you at a couple of these cannabis events here in Michigan this year. And with GG, cheers to you as well. Nice to see you. What are you guys smoking on? I seen you disc golfing earlier,
3: Mother Nature. Just shooting some names,
0: saying hello to chat. Believe it or not, even even though it's 322 here in the Michigan time, it is fucking, there's still 79 people hanging out with us, listening to us shoot the shit.
3: Isn't that something? (laughs) Very bad. Oh, yeah. You went well, we went well over that maybe
0: an hour that we started with. (laughs) I told
1: you, if you get me going, it might work out.
0: Oh, man, it goes by a lot faster than people think it does when you get started, man. You know,
3: it can fly by.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
1: I would definitely do it again if you want to or whatever, however it works, I don't know.
0: Well, this is yeah, I would always love a follow-up, man. I always enjoy, you know, follow up seeing how people have done in you know last year or whatever season, right. how yeah, the season had treated them. But on top of that, this is how things do work around here. I'm glad you asked. So basically, this is how the channel runs. There's a few few shows on the channel, basically three right now. Open to others, but three. So there's a spotlight with that me and you have done, basically. And then once you've done that, then the Zoom link that I've sent in tonight is always good. So anytime that you see like Weed Nerd World in the title of a show, which is there, Monday nights is a Weed Nerd World, which starts, well, it's a late start, 2 a.m. And that's open to all past guests. You know, anybody that's a past guest can come hang out anytime. No invites. It's ever evolving. You know what I mean? At this point, 634 options can pop in on any one night. So trying to keep the uh, earlier night going to where there's one at 1130, a weed nerd world to where, you know, you can't make it till two. then you come pop in at 1130 for a few and say hi and smoke. Other than that, uh, the Weed Nerd Worlds go from short shows. So basically, I told you before we got going, the time slot is open from uh, 1130 to 420 nightly. So I'll, I'll run the guests as long as they want to go. And if they don't want, you know, like I told you, 10 minutes, hour, whatever, I'm grateful. If we go short, then I turn around and finish the night off with the Weed Nerd World. I'll, you know, say my goodbyes to my guests. And then, you know, go to the bathroom, fill my tray, and then I'll I'll start up the Weed Nerd World.
2: You're
0: mad, man. Any time that, you know, say you can't sleep or whatever, man, you wake up, you turn the channel on, and it says Weed Nerd World. Man, come meet the community, man. It's the people that you'll see at these events. You know, it's growers from around the world. There's people that check in from... You know, the UK, uh, fucking Germany, Australia, South Africa, Canada, you know, they're they're all over people that check into the weed nerd world. So that link that I sent is always good. Anytime you see one, you can't sleep, whatever, man, come hang out, man, come smoke a bowl. You know, we might. That's the fun thing, too, is you never know what you're going to walk into in the weed nerd world. We do this every night. So, you know, cannabis is a great topic. But at some points, how many nights for three years can you fucking talk about cannabis? So it goes from, you know, what you got going in your garden to mushrooms. Sometimes it's (laughs) mushrooms, talking shit on mushrooms in the weed nerd world, (laughs) conspiracy theories man we might be talking about anything in the weed nerd yeah. world anything goes to the
1: weed world. typical starter <laughs> stuff
0: <laughs> yeah 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 so you're more than welcome to come hang out in any of that and at some point i would love to come back and do a one-on-one follow-up with you know just me and you and see what you've done last little bit you know that'd be cool as well but from here on out man it's It's a free-for-all on your part, man. You come go as you please. Right on. Oh yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I'm about ready here.
0: So I guess one other show I left out, and of course that is the organic takeover with Smiley's Gardens, where he talks strictly organics once a month with, you know, somebody on a seriously technical level. So Lots here, man. And if you get bored you're working in your garden, blasting it out on a nice sunny day while you're de-leafing, uh, come check us out, man. There's people that you know, you respect, and hopefully people that you'll come to know on the show. You know what I mean? So hopefully we'd like to see more of you, man. It was a great meet on my part. One last thing I'd like to get from you before you go. I know you're tired, my friend is this a uh, silly little thing i call a sound bite which is basically like the old school radio identification at some point i'll run the on instagram and all that for a reminder of this episode so it will be a commercial for your episode at some point Basically, what I'm looking for, my version would be, hey, this is Eagle, and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle episode 634. You can say whatever the fuck you want before or after that, as long as it's got that in the body of it. I'm totally grateful. I'm ready anytime you are, my friend.
1: What do I got to (laughs) say?
0: I love it. Basically, my version of it would be, hey, this is Eagle and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 634. Okay.
1: Hey, this is strangely rooted on talking shit with Eagle, episode
2: 634.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: perfect. <laughs> That's what <you> Perfect, do. <laughs> my friend.
0: <laughs> all right once again man thank you for your time man it's the most valuable thing we have and i've gotten a nice chunk of yours and i can't repay you for it but i i can tell you i have valued it and so has everybody else uh with that being said man don't be a stranger i hope to catch you this weekend if i make it over there i will most certainly look you up and shake your hand uh you know first and foremost that'd be awesome With that being said, for the rest of you guys, thank you for tuning in. We nerd world, we're so close to the world, the mark tonight. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on that break time. With that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to do something nice for somebody. Brandon Max kindness do save lives. With that being said,
3: thank you one last time, Strangely Rooted, for hanging out with me tonight. We are out of here, my friend.